Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of Kayfabe Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and today I am joined once again by the Kayfabe crew. We are covering Survivor Series 2000 up against Survivor Series 2020, the 20-year anniversary show. I'm super hyped for it. Wes, how you been, man? Been doing great. Excited for the holidays. We got off work tomorrow, and this man, these these two pay per views, pretty interesting. Not exactly what something. I expected. They though. were something for sure. <laughs> Jesse, how you feeling, bro? Dude, I'm doing good. I got a, I got good news category first. Your boy, uh, new car. Ooh, give you it know. to me. Ooh. Love it. Got, got a uh, got. A, I mean, you know, I got a new Ford Escape, Two Rivers Ford, hooking your boy up out of nowhere. Pretty. Pretty good stuff. Um, I, I'm, I haven't driven for a while, so it's it's new to me. I've been just going places for no reason. It's been kind of fun. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, potentially new job. We'll talk about that when I'm 100. I'm 99%. We'll know about that when I'm 100. There we go. Um, some other stuff I feel like we should cover at the top of the show. All being Nashvillians here, we learned, obviously, here of the passing of the legendary Bob Ryder, who... Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for anybody affiliated with anything to do with Nashville, Tennessee, knows Bob was an integral part of wrestling around here for a very long time. But even beyond that, he was an editor for OneWrestling.com, which was sort of a precursor for almost mm-hmm. every yeah. internet wrestling-based situation, website, anything. He also did WCW Live in the late 90s and would go on to broadcast that show with Jeremy Borash. They were, in fact, the last voices to be heard affiliated with a WCW, a true WCW broadcast because they did the post-show for their internet show on ah, the Fighting gotcha. Nitro. Bob was an, a large advocate of wrestling for a very, very, very long time. He was, in fact, a co-founder of NWA TNA. The Jarrett's dreamt up the idea. Oh, no, Double J, Jeff Jarrett, yeah. Um, he continued to do travel and logistics for them throughout the rest of his life. He was diagnosed with cancer in 2012 and had not traveled very much in recent years, but had been an advocate for so many talents, a uh, huge fan. I don't think – I've not seen a single talent really have too much bad to say about him. Eric Bischoff even, here within the last few weeks, has said that he was the biggest advocate for a team like the Young Bucks, for example, to come into TNA when a lot of people weren't really concerned about who that was or, or had anything to say about them. I happen to know for a fact he – was a chief proponent of getting paper tickets around to a whole lot of folks um, who he would see out at USA and see out at USWA and see out at any any Nashville shows and be like, hey, yeah. you just come. And he was very sweet. He was a very kind man. I met him several times, and he was nothing but nice to me. So I just want to send a, a big rest in peace to Bob Ryder. And, um, you know, I, I hope he I hope his family is feeling okay. It's got to be rough handling that during the holidays. But he was a really, really kind, sweet man, huge wrestling fan, very influential and undercredited in the business. Yeah, RIP Bob. I mean, that's it's it kind of hits us all. It, it just sucks, too, because of this year. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, everybody's kind of using it as an excuse, but it's totally true. It's just a shitty year. Um but you know, like in my opinion, we can all we can all agree that like the dude had a great legacy. Nobody has a sour word to say about him, and like I think that's pretty awesome. Yes, absolutely, a legend. For sure. Well, speaking of legends, guys, let's go ahead and jump into the shows here. Once again, it's Survivor Series 2000 versus Survivor Series 2020, and since there was a shitload more stuff, 
on the 2000 show. We're just going to jump right into that one right off the bat here. Uh, I thought the open was awesome. The package, I, I feel like any any of these opening like production packages in the Attitude Era were just like totally hit you in like the adrenaline nostalgia feels. I mean, it was just all there. Uh, and JR like is really like in full gear, no pun intended, like just firing on all cylinders. Like him and the King are just sharp as tacks at this point in 2000. Amazing. Um, yeah, man. What did you guys think about that whole opening package and just hearing like the, the promo hype and everything? Jesse? You, uh, you, you copied my exact few like overall show notes from the, from the jump. <laughs> I know like Wes and I had actually talked about this before. I mean, these packages, man, like we're, we're talking in this Sahadi era and it, these mm. packages are untouchable. This is the same, like anybody that watches WrestleMania 17, which for a lot of people, I think was the first time they were like, holy shit. That video package really got me. Yeah. Like, and it, which was after this, but only by a skosh. Yeah, a little uh, bit. Sahadi was the master of that shit. Like, he, he completely had down that comprehensive, here's how we tell this story, here's how we soundtrack it, here's how we make the importance kick. And then you don't have to have your announcers talk for 20 minutes before the show. You show that package, and if you notice, they just kick the fuck into the theme music. That's right, yeah. Go. Um, yeah, and it's just King. hype JR. Yeah. JR King, tight as fuck, King, sleazy as ever. Loved it. <laughs> Wex, how'd you feel about that open, man? Yeah, I love that. It really reminded me like one of my favorite VHS is Stone Cold Hell Yeah. And pretty nice. much like it goes through like a lot of his main feuds and it plays a lot of those video packages that he made. And like I really like his editing style. Like he tosses in random clips. Like I think in this one he tossed in some Charles Manson clips. And yeah. then like in the in the one like on the Stone Cold, like he randomly tossed it in like things of like armies like he'll just toss in like these random old clips and like these cuts and it just gets you i don't know it's super hype and just took me back to that vhs and i was like dude this is gonna be good it just makes it bigger yeah i just it gets you in there it gets you like oh man this is like gets you in there i love i love his whole edit like everything like jesse said like the meat like the whole editing style the whole production style all of his videos yeah well uh you know what really gets me in there is uh trish stratus especially at a very Early on in her career here, the the first version of TNA, if you will, Test Albert and Trish versus Crash, Molly Holly, and Steve Blackman. Uh, I was actually like kind of hype, and then it was like Steve Blackman was the third guy, and I was like, oh, okay, all right, I guess, I guess it's okay. I don't know. I, I think that like Steve Blackman would have been better in like the early 2000s than in like I guess this is the early 2000s, but you know what I mean? Like I'd say like 2003, 2004. I feel like he would have done better there. Um, I don't know. The crowd was hot for it. It was a solid opener, but it wasn't really much to write home about. I'm about two beers deep on this one. Jesse, what'd you think? I didn't think the match was much to write home about. However, you know, we're looking at a very green Trish Stratus, and we and we, we will go to an yeah, interesting parallel later in the show of, of what would become another great female talent who's also just greener than goose shit in this particular show. Yeah, yeah. Kind of odd to watch. One of the, I mean, the strangest thing about this match to me, in all honesty, was... When Blackman came out, he got a fucking pop. Like, oh, it was massive, out, yeah. It, it, which, that's the only time I've ever seen that. Like, <laughs> like I was like, when I, like, they announced him, and I was like, oh, God. And I felt the same way myself. I was like, oh, man, because I, I didn't know who the third was going to be. I assumed it was the Holly Cousins because I didn't really remember what era this was. So yeah. I just thought it was all three of them. And then it was just <laughs> Crash and Molly. And then he comes out, and I was like, 
God damn, the audience fucking loves him. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, man, he's happened or whatever. And it turns out it's not really close to that at all. But, um, I think that that was more of a start of the show thing than it was anything else. But the, the one thing that I noticed about this match more than anything else, a, the fucking King's commentary was insane. So yes. good. So the good. elf yeah. reference for fucking crash the, you know, RIP so the, um, on point, bro. Like he made a really great reference to Molly on the finish about like, you know, she started spilling into her clothes and didn't quite stop. And, you know, like which uncharacteristic almost slip up for Molly Holly in the wardrobe malfunction area. But one, the biggest thing I noticed it was an intergender six-man tag. They did not do auto tags. Yeah. Which was very strange. Like, that's not... Well, I mean, not really, because at the time, China's wrestling dudes. So, yeah, so like... China didn't do mixed tags the same way, though. She didn't do one girl, one guy, one girl, one guy. China did tag team matches where it was her and a guy against two guys. So that makes a little bit more sense. When you have this situation, we have two guys and a girl, two guys and a girl. WWE had never really done that before. I think she uh, well yeah I think you, uh, for the most part I think you're right but I'm pretty I'm sure, sure that there did. were yeah there were some especially when like the Latino Heat original storyline happened I'm, I'm, I'm sure she did but what but point being yeah I, yeah I know I know what you're saying yeah most of those intergender matches it was an auto tag and that's right. kind of how you get out of the conflict of the girl hitting the guy or the guy hitting even the girl that, or whatever yeah. and it's one of those situations where you see like you know test fucking waffles Molly at one point and yeah. you're like, Jesus Christ like, <laughs> that would fly right now holy fuck like you know so uh, that was the main thing I noticed because I, I, like I mean it couldn't have been a year from then it was less than a year from then when automatically in a mixed tag if the guy tagged out the other guy had to tag out yeah and that, that was just yeah. how it went so that to me was very interesting is them kind of experimenting with that and we'll see more of that later in the show but yeah Two beers for me. I mean, I thought it was a solid opener, you know? Yeah. Two beers deep for Jesse Wex. What do you think, man? I, I like this match. And you said, you know, you know, how the crowd popped for uh, Steve Blackman. It's because he's awesome. I popped for Steve Blackman, too, when I saw he was coming out. Because Steve Blackman was fucking sick back then. The lethal weapon. Come on now. Always, it always got hyped to see Steve Blackman. I never, I never got, I never got hyped for his neon drumsticks. I just, I always thought it was so stupid. I was oh, just, I'm like, a guy that though. That was a little cheesy. I'll, I'll admit that. But besides that, like, I love that when he was like a serious heel and like he the whole head cheese gimmick. That was great. But uh, jeez, I forgot about that. <laughs> honestly, Steve Blackman's the only reason I give this one and a half beers because really the whole match was just like sloppy and chaotic. Oh, of course, yeah, all over the place and. Total it was chaos. pretty crazy, and like you said, Jr. was calling all the greatest shit on commentary. He got a line. He said, "That'll stop you in your tracks and dim your lights," which I thought was pretty. Uh, like I haven't heard him say that. That's like one of those rare ones you don't hear him say a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that was a, a Jr. deep cut right there. Yeah, but, I, but, but yeah, um, he was definitely on on his on his game for sure. And I know him. He, oh yeah, and then he definitely and he made like a seemingly would be dated XFL reference, but we like kind of have the XFL again twenty years later. So. Yeah. I love. We, yeah, and we'll find the XFL again later in this show. By God. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They, I <laughs> forgot. That, yeah, and uh, and now The Rock owns the XFL. Yes, he does, which is also incredible. Um, yeah, let's hop on over to the other show though. We had a, we had a, you know, instead of having like big promo and opening packages, now they just have like an hour of a pre-show and a panel. So, uh, the panel was actually rough. Like it was pretty bad. Like for. That was awful. Yeah, the pre-show was not good. Like, uh, I mean, most of the time, they're, I mean, it's kind of set and standard, but, like, they were fumbling all over each other, really poor communication and awkward. Like, oh, no, no, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you, it, it was just like, ah, uh, it was, it was like just that off. like that Impact pre-show panel. 
Yes. Yeah, it was really bad. It was really bad. I, I mean, the truth segment was funny, but the rest of the pre-show really sucked. Uh, meanwhile, there was a battle royal, and like, I don't really understand what the battle royal was for. Me either. I had no clue. It wasn't for anything. It was, I mean, what? okay, well, let's bring it to the larger point. What the fuck uh, is this show for? <laughs> bragging yes, rights. Bragging rights, yeah, it's yeah. Literally, they used to have a bragging rights pay-per-view, and now this is just basically what Survivor Series has turned into. Yeah. I know, but my thing is like the fucking what, what the fuck are the bragging rights? The bragging rights are yeah, when I'm when I don't make a fucking weekly swap every goddamn fucking week and go to both brands, yeah. that I get to just say, <laughs> oh, I mean, this one time I was on this one team, we beat you. you yeah, know? yeah. The wild card rule, dude. It's it's the just wild not card rule. Nothing changes storyline wise walking out of this un- until they do another draft. Yeah. It, there, however, there were a few thing, a few little things that actually mattered, which we'll get into, and I'll say that's what which made me like, which actually made me like them a little bit more. But we'll get into that when we get there. Man. Yeah, I mean, I think I think for the most part, as far as this like battle royal and this whole opening pre-show thing, I did like the fact that they gave Dominic and Cable like a really solid amount of time. And deep down, I love that the Miz just was the shitty heel that stole the win. I think it was yeah. well booked. I think it was well booked. I just didn't understand like why it was there like the match itself was well booked if that makes sense well laid out i guess it's to get folks a paycheck and get them on the show the same reason there's like seven hour wrestlemanias i mean like they they probably should have put dominic over if they're trying to build him you know let him win a little random battle royal on a pre-show instead of the miz no that's true that's true i I will say this like i didn't mind the miz win i mean i thought they did that well but also they did like gable like giving gable the shine i thought gable was fucking great yeah and they would miss the fucking boat if they didn't do something about how he's been misused so far. Um, yeah, so let's jump actually. Well, I mean, let's get, all right, let's keep it here. If, if you're going to do beers for a battle royal, how many do you think are going on this? If we had to compare this one to the Hollies versus, you know. Zero for me. Yeah, it's does Zero. nothing. Yeah, I, okay. Forearm, forearm, forearm. Gable looks good. Forearm, Miz wins. Forearm. It's not a, a yeah, it's not. Yeah. Well, speaking of like awkward half girl, half guys, let's actually do jump back over to uh, Survivor Series 2000 because there's like a backstage segment thing that was hilarious with like Lowdown, which I forgot that they were even a team. Oh, exactly. That's and exactly then, what I said. Tiger saying like this segment popped the shit out of me. What did you guys think about that? Their their attempt at so I mean like seeing D'Lo attempts to say you don't know who I am kind of made sense. I could buy that. Until Chaz or Headbanger Mosh talked. Yeah. And Tiger Alley Singh, you know, that was like WWE's attempt to answer Million Dollar Man with like permeation into the Indian market. It obviously did not work. And no, it did not work. <laughs> it was it was it was flat. It was very flat. Yeah. It was not good at all. But let's uh let's get to the actual match here, which is Road Dog, K Quick, China, and Billy Gunn. Versus the Radicals, the one Billy Gunn, yeah. Well, they also did the, uh, didn't they do that Edge and Christian angle segment in between here, too? Oh, yeah, they did have that, too. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right, that's right, yeah. I thought that was gold. Oh, yeah, that that was really good. That was a really good segment. I about that just because it was fantastic, and the fact that um, they mentioned that Christian might have gotten mono Billy. Yeah. Oh, love it, I love it. Oh, so good, so good. I have to give that credit is all, but, yes, sorry, continue. The match here, though, um... Dude, like the entrances alone was like 
a solid six minutes like of just ridiculousness and the entrance with bro dog and k quick i was like what is happening how do i like what what is this okay but okay this is what i'm saying though you have road dog and billy gunn on the same team with china like where is x-pac in all this and why is this not just like dx versus the radicals because this was that time that they were trying to give billy gunn that failed solo push that didn't happen and then they and that's think, when Road Dog and K Quick were they were a tag team for a while. I think Pac was gone. Yeah, X Pac was yeah probably gone at that point, and because DX was done at that DX was over. I think Pac was out for drugs. Well, DX came back though. Yeah, came later they, yeah, and they were like done for a point because yeah, yeah. that was just during that whole failed the one Billy Gun thing. I know yeah. Pac took some heat there for a minute and was out. Yeah, I mean, it is. I don't know. It just it felt it felt very strange to me. It almost felt like it's DX with Truth instead of the One Two Three Kid versus the good WCW Cruiserweights. You know what I mean? Like that's what it. That's what the. It felt like at that the is, time, especially too. You know what I mean? That is like, partially in my notes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it was. It was just. It was kind of crazy. I don't know. In hindsight, like I think it should have been booked better too. Uh, I was really let down by the work too because I expected it to be way better than it was and it felt real this one also felt really sloppy and really like just kind of like slam jammed um i gave it like a one and a half beers uh not so much for me wex what do you think about this one man i actually enjoyed this match i thought it was pretty fun because just because of how kind of weird and different it was i mean road dog was wrestling in overalls and a sleeveless baseball jersey like what like what the fuck and then actually next year (laughs) and actually k quick our truth Ron the Truth Killings, whatever you want to call him. He actually had probably one of the sickest little sequences in the whole match. Like the nice Oh, for little... sure. Yeah. He was, yeah, that was a – yeah, that was a nice – oh, yeah, he did the – he eliminated – oh, yeah, but he definitely – yeah, he got eliminated by Benoit with the German suplex. I mean, there was some cool stuff. I noticed Perry Saturn had a lot of zits all over his body. Like when the well, camera got – it was just like everywhere. That too. Fat, like he was definitely like – roids, dog. Roided yeah. up for the moment. Uh – and I noticed that. Did you notice the ending was the exact same spot they did on Dynamite with the Tully Blanchard pulling the legs out of the suplex? Except they didn't really hold his feet though, and also yeah. it was <laughs> yeah, box for it. Yeah, Just because the nostalgia, we got. I got to see Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, all the fun stuff. The K Quick. I'm gonna go three beers because I had fun. Three beers. Good I, lord. I had, I had yeah. a fun three beers on that one. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You're a loose drunk, is what you are, Jesse. Where, where are you at with it, man? My, my, my thing is this. This is a conditional grade for me. This is one of those things where my actual grade is far less. My actual grade is one and a half. My potential grade is three and a half. It the could have been. Being, yeah, yeah. There was one really bad botch. And if it had not happened, I think that this would have been fucking stellar. Which was R-Truth trying to do a little step through sweep thing. It was partially because him and Malenko did not have the chemistry and partially because it was not filmed right, but it is the most awkward five seconds in the show <laughs> by a long fucking shot. If you, like, if you watch the – R-Truth comes in like a fucking house of fire. It's the first time he comes in the match. He has yeah. nothing but offense, offense, yeah. offense, That's offense, offense. That's what I was talking offense. about. Like, it's German and it's out, right? Yeah. But that one spot where he fucks up the offense, and I don't know that he I, – I, I, I couldn't say who <laughs> fucked it up. I don't know if he fucked it up, if Malenko fucked it up, or if the camera guy just fucked up how they filmed it. One way or the other, it just looked bad. Yeah. 
that and the fact that, man, who's the face team and who's the heel team here? The way that it was yeah. built, the Radicals were supposed to be the heel team because they were aligned with Triple H. Yeah. DX comes in, ish, whatever, DX Light. Yeah, um, DX Light. They, I mean, they obviously had a lot of faith in K-Quick. They were trying to, they, they wanted to push that. Our Road Dog was trying to push that because he knew that nothing was going to happen with Gun. Gun was already having problems with the company, which is why they saddled him with that fucking completely non-existent gimmick of the yeah. one. Like, what the fuck even is that? They're like, oh, you're China's new boyfriend, but nobody says it. Great. That's yeah. like basically nothing. That's a death sentence. No, I agree. But it, the, like that whole thing goes down, and it it WCW guys outworked them. And this is probably the first match that you could truly see that was like WWF guys and WCW guys against each other in a team format truly that way. Because those guys had all just come over within the year. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, like, I, it was interesting for that situation. WCW guys outworked the ever-loving fuck out of all four of the other people on the other side of the ring, though. So it was yeah. kind of like I mean, a bit of a swamp. If it, Benoit, you're going to outwork most mostly anybody you know but if you are calling the dx team the face china giving a low blow means the face gave a fucking low blow yeah i'm sorry but the old school sensibility in me hates that too no i I hate that too but also that is like this is like probably at least the beginning of the downward slope of the attitude era so like that's i don't know you know like flipping people off and low blows were like they were baby face moves at that point yeah, Tyler's yeah. already in down. Like, she was in bad standing with the company. They're, like she's the first oh, one eliminated. Shit. I'm just talking she, about like the attitude era had already peaked at this point. Like they're still really successful, doing still really doing great business. But the, it's not it, like it was in '98. You know what I right. mean? Like, um, so yeah. I mean, overall, I I don't know. It, it just I felt like it should have it should have been better. Um. So I am sticking with the one and a half. I'm saying if it weren't for that one botch, I might have taken it as high as a three and a half. But I am sticking with the one and a half. Uh, I like that. I had fun. I thought it was fun. Well, you're just wrong. Uh, Let's jump back over to uh, (laughs) the current show. Match number one on the card here on the main show. AJ Styles, or just Riddle, not even Matt Riddle anymore. Just Riddle, because that makes sense. Keith Lee, Braun Strowman, and Sheamus. Versus Jay Uso, Kevin Owens, Otis, Rollins, and Corbin. Another solid minute, like at least six to eight minutes of entrances. Uh, on it to, okay, to be totally honest, like I liked kind of in the mid to late nineties when they strayed away from like just the whole Survivor Series thing. Which I don't like elimination big tag matches. I know it's like part of the staple of the show, but I just don't like them in general. I, like I, they're just not for me and. I mean, it was nice to see certain matchups for the first time, but overall it was pretty underwhelming. Uh, the huddles and then going back and forth and arguing made no sense because it's like, who gives a shit after what, like after this is over, like none of you are still on a team. It's not going to matter. Like none of this, like what none of you would really be like getting in a little huddle and having a pat. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, and Otis sucks. Like he's super funny. He's a great character, but he's awful to watch in the ring. Um, I just, <laughs> Just lots of clunky and sloppy spots left and right. A total shit show, in my opinion. The longer it went, the worse it got. A clean sweep for Raw, too, felt awkward. The only thing that I liked was Rollins pretty much sacrificing himself for the greater good or whatever. It, it just It's really just a way to write him off TV so he can have his baby. But, um, I mean, I don't know. I give it, like, I'm sipping one beer, half a beer maybe, somewhere around in there. Jesse, where you at on it? 
So I'm I'm going zero beers, and I'm going, but but for different reasons in a lot of ways. Um, primarily for me, in the old school, look, teams of five strive to survive the old school fucking '80s style. What they did. The difference here is that they teamed heels and faces against each other. And there were still not the same stakes. However, it did make sense. But at the time, they only had four big shows. So as you evolve that show, doing a Survivor Series-style elimination match can still make sense if you book it right. But if you're going brand against brand, it will literally never make sense because they constantly fucking switch. Everybody, like, there's just nothing yeah. to it. The, the format is senseless. Yeah. So it, it's just, I mean, everything's lost here. We have seen all 10 combatants on the other brand within the last 12 months. So who gives a shit? I mean, <laughs> like, it just, to me, there's, there's not, there's obviously not brand loyalty there. If you're trying to tell me that they can build internal brand storylines from diffusion inside the team, I'm sorry, but that's the yeah. dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, I don't think the brand split has ever really truly worked ever. I think that no. like I think that there are memorable moments from like drafts and that kind of thing and like there there are certain times where it gets where it can be used as a part of a storyline but it's never re- it never really truly accomplished what they were trying to do. I mean, I will say though that I think the NXT at least launched from, you know, from being a uh, a developmental territory into being a, a true third brand because they left them alone for so long because it wasn't you weren't getting people down there it was all yeah. just I mean, new are, people. Are we, are, how how clear are we about that? Because if we're really looking at ratings numbers and where everybody gets put when they move around, I mean, are like you know we got Kevin Owens making a fucking special appearance next week, dog. Like what? Are, like where are we? <laughs> like yeah, no, how? no, I agree. Well, but but I I honestly Our feel like dropping. Well, to be yeah, but but to be totally honest, I still feel like. NXT is the best brand show for show, television show for television show that WWE has to offer. Right, I mean, but I, they're going to get the least amount of sponsorship from other places sure, because, sure. The, because of the name value. So oh, why totally. not increase that name value instead of taking the people that you build up from NXT who make that brand good and doing what you do to people like Keith Lee and Matt Riddle and just completely... I don't know if y'all watch fucking Monday Night Raw. I didn't mean to. I just kind of had it on the background. <laughs> but I just did it on accident. I heard Matt Riddle fucking come out. Oh, sorry. Just Riddle. Come out and say, bro, dope, bro. Like, that was his whole fucking promo. Yeah. And they're forced to do it. I mean, it's yeah. absolutely asinine and insane. And it's like we, we are at that point now. Between that and the independent contractor argument, we're at the point now WWE may actually – that mountain may get toppled. Yeah, I, 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 can, see, I can see it crashing. I can see it crashing. This match makes me want it to. Um, I don't they, – they, they've – they keep renaming motherfuckers. They keep on not using motherfuckers well. I'm very surprised that they buried their Fox brand the way that they did. Yeah. In, match because oh, yeah. i would imagine that that's what they wanted to protect i'm sorry but uso i get it you're trying to make him the last guy that was there so you can keep building him and keep building him it ain't working dude like we're months in now i just don't i just i don't get any of it uh owens was the only person to me that showed out in the match at all uh, on the yeah. smackdown side and on the raw side it's all just everybody just swinging dicks at one another and whatnot i mean styles only has so long left in his contract he ain't sticking around Fucking, 
Who cares if Sheamus and Drew McIntyre feud? You know? No, I, yeah, totally. I don't I don't care at all. To me, it's a big zero. I just think yeah. this is the fucking dumbest shit, dumbest way to start it out. Fucking set the tone to the show for me entirely. And Wex, where were you at on it? I'm going to give it just two beers. And the only reason I'm going to give it two beers, originally I left the match with one beer. But the only reason it bumped up is because the whole little segment afterwards with uh, Jey Uso and Roman Reigns being like, you lost, they don't respect you, That you know, the whole little yeah. thing. So that's yeah. the only reason that I had, that even though the whole match itself, no fucking story made sense, nothing advanced, like you said, just like horse shit. Right. So it doesn't make any sense. We came out of the match with that one, one little tiny thing that advanced a storyline. No, yeah, buried four other talents for that on on the blue brand. Like what you said about Kevin Owens, he 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 really did some good stuff. But he did something really funny that I thought he started working over Matt Riddle's foot and then he headbutted his foot. Yeah. <laughs> Because he because he headbutts motherfuckers. <laughs> well, is the, is the, so is he is he kicking is he kicking himself is he making himself get kicked in the head or is he headbutting his? So weird too. What's up, thing for fuck's sake? It, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. Just it's just it's just funny to me. I was just like, yeah, all right, that's nuts. It's wrestling, you know. Yeah. It is wrestling. Uh, I don't know if we can call. Uh, well, actually, yeah, we can call this next match wrestling for sure. It may have been one of the best matches on the card. Um, we did get a pretty awesome little, or, well, relatively funny Lillian and Rock segment, and then a Jericho promo on Kane. And Jericho's promo was, especially in the year two, yeah, uh, it was great. especially dude in two thousand, like Jericho was, I mean, just really funny. All those cheap um, shots about fire. Yeah. Yes, dude. The, okay, so Jericho versus Kane. Wex, give it to me. What do you think about this one? How many beers are you deep on this one? Eight. I went three and a half beers for this match, and the only reason I gave it three and a half beers is because there was just uh, there was a one botch. Oh, it was a oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's a very a botch. One? There was one botch. It was the plot. It was it was Jericho's plancha botch that like really got oh, me because Jericho, Jer- Jer- like that's a that's a move Jericho should have been able to do as a plancha. I don't understand how he botched that, and then like it was kind of weird. Like Kane did the weirdest move I've, I've never seen him do before. It was like a reverse choke. Hangman. Yeah, reverse hangman. It was like he reversed him over his back. Like I've never seen that shit before or after that. Like I was just like, what the hell? It's a it's a cool move. Yeah. That was pretty cool. And uh Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like that one little botch spot where they were going back and forth from the walls of Jericho and they were trying to do like some mat wrestling, that kind of got sloppy. But overall, it was pretty fun. Great match. I had a good time. That's why I went three and a half beers on that one. Jesse, where you at? Okay, so I went two and a half, and here's why. So okay. crowd ruled, crowd popped like a motherfucker, both yeah. guys, and kind of throughout the whole thing. I felt like they brawled outside a lot and had a lot of weird, like, stairs and implements and shit for a non-stipulation-type match, which was always weird to me. I guess in that era, wasn't that weird, but... Yeah, it wasn't strange know. then for some reason. <laughs> Watching it back is weird. No, I agree, yeah. Um, their chemistry, I think, was just off. I mean, you got two guys who, obviously, there's no doubt in anybody's minds that they work tremendous matches with anyone on the card every day of the week. Yeah. But for whatever reason, it just didn't really seem to link that well. But you got to keep in mind, this was still in that era where I don't, you know, Jericho is still not all the way in favor. He's still kind of getting used to the WWE style. So oh, he, for sure. Um, the 
his his fuck up plancha. I literally in my notes, I quote unquote called it the the uh, Tope Grey Goose. Oh yeah, <laughs> that and, sounds uh, about right. For Jericho, yeah. Also, the walls sucked. He struggled so hard with I that. Mean, I mean, look at those at tree trunks, though. Down, Good lord. It was very difficult to believe that there was any harm done to the mayor of Knox County. Like, <laughs> I, it was like it. You know that that was one of them that that kind of that that took it down for me. So it's it's a you know two. It's a two. Yeah, All I mean, both of them are stuck. Game of love so much. Like, yeah, yeah, I was a little let down. I mean, it was definitely some clunk and some mistimed stuff, but overall it was pretty solid. I do think that commentary specifically stood out to me as being really, really good in this match. Like, that was great. A lot of, a lot, a lot of times now, like, you know, in the middle of a match like this, they'd still be talking about the main event, and it's like they're not even talking about what's happening. And I I'm like, so much. you know, this, co- yeah, me too. The commentary here was really, really, really good. I don't mind like little things to like throw in there about the upcoming matches. That's fine, but like. You know what I'm saying? Like, they they, and they did that. Me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, yes. And another thing that really stood out to me is like almost like a, a pop of nostalgia is like the crazy amount of flash bulbs that I saw in this match. Like, oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like those Kodak, like the little travelers that you had to like, you could just buy it like Walmart and then a little pouch or whatever. Man, like that just that like it was a huge nostalgia rush for me seeing that. And I thought the, the finish was crisp and clean. But man, they really buried Jericho, though. It totally ruined his career. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. just left him in the lurch. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, he did so the job. Know but think those flash bulbs in in a lot of instances, right? Do I know? As digital cameras became more prevalent, they used to fake those flash bulbs. They would buy them for people that were in the crowd in order to create the same instance. So oh yeah, guys would get the same sweets. Yeah, they would literally give them to folks who were repeat customers or guests of the talent or whatever. And they would permeate the people in the crowd with fake flash bulbs because everybody taking those digital cameras, you didn't get them. Yeah. But around that era is right about the time that started. That, yeah. And now it's cell phones, so you don't see them at all. Mm-hmm. And it's like. Yeah, it's I kind of miss it though. You know what I mean? Like watching these shows, it's like I kind of I kind of miss that vibe. But uh, yeah, I mean I'm three beers deep on it. I didn't hate it. Uh, I think I'm like splitting the difference between you guys. I'm yeah. right at three solid beers, halfway through a six pack on that one. Uh, let's jump back over here to 2020, though. Uh, the next match on the card is New Day versus the Street Profits. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and kick this one off myself. I'm a huge Xbox guy. Seeing that Gears of War gear <laughs> pop me massively. I'm a huge Halo head, too. Like, this is, I mean, so for me, I, I, I loved it. Uh, also, I love the Street Profits. I thought their promo before, like, coming out was fantastic. I think that they're some of the best talkers in the entire company right now. I think Montez Ford is an absolute... He's the Shawn Michaels of that group. Not taking anything away from Dawkins, but, like, Dude, I mean, that's, Ford that's, is, like... That's exactly what I have in my notes. That he's well, the you know, Shawn Michaels and he's Marty Jannetty, like, who uh, alike. It's 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 crazy. I mean, I, I felt like I felt like I felt like they wrestled really well, and it was believable because they they did a really good job of both teams working as baby faces and not not trying to take the role of a heel, and that's really hard to accomplish and make it like to, you know suspend your disbelief. And they they were just really really good. The, the work was super crisp. It was maybe a little too long, um, but I mean, I mean, in my opinion, like. Everybody won from this. Everybody got even more over. I don't even know how that's possible for the New Day, but everybody benefited from this match. A solid four and a half beers for me. I really, really, really liked this match. Uh, Jesse, what do you think about New Day versus Street Profits? 
this to me, uh, I've said it for a long time. I'm a big Xavier Woods guy. Yeah. And I, I see his crossover potential as being insane, which is just proven by the entrance here. Yeah. Uh, and further proven by the recent announcement that G4 decided to hire him. So his yeah, campaign, his campaign worked. He is now hired for G4. He is going to be a host of their game shows. It, there's no better suited, no better fitting, no anybody that makes yeah. more sense than Xavier yeah. Woods. Yeah. The um, I I loved their intro. Both of these teams are the type of teams that it's so seeing what they do reminds me of the lack of a crowd, and that's not a detriment to them. It, in fact, it's actually a compliment to them. Yeah. And it's it's because you know it's there. Yeah. They're just so fucking good at it. Yeah. I did not like the pre-match thing with the Prophets. I thought it went on way too long. I thought that it set up... To me, it told me the story of the match before the match was done. And I, I didn't... I, I felt like with such a grandiose entrance on the part of the New Day, a very short segue and then an entrance that was super grandiose would have been great. But man... It seemed like that entrance was 10 minutes long. Yeah. And only because of the, here's this guy, and here's why he's important. Here's this guy, and here's why he's important. Right. Like, Y'all ain't cutting a fucking commercial, dude. Like, it, it was just, I don't know. There was something about that that was, that was off to me. I didn't really love it. Um, the, I did feel like when you really looked at what was going on in the match, New Day worked a little heel more so than Profits. Like, if you're talking about mocking and you're talking about talking shit and you're talking about all that other stuff, I really feel like they did. It wasn't clear cut. I think that it, as we would come to find out, like, is going to become more clear cut. We're leading to a New Day split here. But yeah, it's got to happen eventually, yeah. The, um, the, the idea of the midnight hour and the commentary saying, oh, it's because Big E wasn't on the bottom of it or whatever. I'm like, yeah. God damn, look at the physiology of that move. Like, that's the fucking dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, silly. Montez Ford, once more with the best frog splash in the business right now. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Like, it's that, I mean, that's hard to argue. They, um, all four guys did great work, you know, again, four beer match. I thought it was fucking great. It, it just, Again, the Survivor Series thing is the thing that did it in for me. Like, yeah. I'd give it a six had it not been for the fact that nobody's winning any real anything from this. Yeah, yeah, like, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Wax, where are you at with it? I'm uh, I'm also going four beers, and I really don't know what else to say that basically you guys didn't cover. Like, I literally had the same notes. Montez is HBK. Dawkins <laughs> is Marty. I have that written down. Uh. And I also have Midnight Hour not strong enough because there's no Big E question mark. Like, yeah, what? I always yeah. thought the big ending was like the fucking most bullshit move yeah. for Big E. He's like a strong, like fucking a super strong dude. That's such a weak ass move. Like, yeah, they were trying to make him Farouk, but they didn't want to give him the Dominator because they already tried that with Bobby Lashley. That's what yeah. happened. But yeah. like. Big so E instead of the forward, they just had him strong. drop him down. <laughs> like, he's the strongest shit. He's got the legs. He's got the strength. I mean, dude. That's what I'm saying. They, they, could, thinking, they, they didn't could, want to repeat the same thing they did with Lashley, but then they fucked it up again. He could literally do any other power move. Like, just a, a Liger bomb. Anything would be way more devastating than the big ending. Isn't that just <laughs> like the... Isn't that like the Rikishi driver, basically? You, you, were, you were so fired up that your inner demon burped like in yeah. anger. In anger at the big end. 
at the, yeah. the big ending. I mean, Good it's Lord. the dumbest fucking move. I mean, like, it's it's a really dumb move. But it's I really do move. like Montez. Uh, Montez, dude, for he, dude, he's a fuck. He's like the most athletic dude on the roster. He can jump out. Only person I've seen who jumps that reminds me of him is the one of the the young guy in Top Flight. Oh yeah, good lord! How amazing are they? Good lord! Those dudes jump. They just jump like they're just floating in the air. It's fucking crazy. I don't understand how a human being can just just. It looks like it takes no effort at all, and they're just floating, floating out of the jumping out the gym. That's what they say. Jumping out the gym. They got hops. Mad hops. I thought it was a great match. Four beers, and I really love their uh, like their Doomsday Device blockbuster that uh, Street Profits. It was clean as fuck. This yeah, yeah. yeah they do. I know they smooth. when they when they hit it right, it's fucking sick. There 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 have been plenty of times they haven't hit it clean as fuck. It was yeah. clean as fuck this time. Yeah, yeah it, it was. was nice. It was clean. It was clean. It was clean work. Speaking Let's, of clean work, yeah. uh, William Regal and Hardcore Holly are next up for the WWE European Championship. Um, man, the, wow, the Regal promo about the election was super close to home twenty years later, which is kind of funny. Um. Jesse, what do you think about this one, man? We we get into territory here where I again. So series twenty twenty, obviously, I had no idea what to expect. Series two thousand, I was like, man, there's so much talent on this. I love. I'm sure that I'm going to score the show insanely high. Yeah. I see. I do love the Regal promo, and it, uh, humorously. When Jericho said his stupid shit about how is this the first time in history, so on and so forth, we've all seen it. We all know what it is. Yeah. Lance Storm answered with, actually, I made the same promo in WCW, and he did. Also, here's William Regal in WWF at the same fucking time. Yeah. Turns out they're all tag team partners at some point. <laughs> like, that made it way funnier to me. Yeah. Um, match in and of itself, it was the first title match on the card. Which, in 2000, is kind of strange. They kind of used to be hype on starting out shit with title matches. Because yeah. they had so many titles. To, to be, what are we... D- 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 the well, the IC standard. champion's in the opening match, though. Huh? Or not the opening match. He was in the second match. But the IC title, was like, it wasn't defended, but it was That's there, what I'm saying. Least, this yeah. is the first title match. Yeah. Like, so it's, it's different for them to do that. Like, normally they have something with a belt on the line just to fucking hotshot it. But they, I'm sitting here like these are two stiff workers that both know how to fucking go. Man, their chemistry couldn't have been more off. Like it, it was just like the finish was awful. I think the work suffered from being too stiff. I think had they tried to work a little bit more than just try to beat the shit out of each other, it would have been better. Um, this is a one beer for me, which is very surprising because I fucking love them both. I really do. Like wow. and, and Regal's WCW work and most of his WWF work, I'm like a four or five beer guy. Yeah. This is a one beer match for me. I just thought that they really fucked it up. Ah. All right, Wex, where you at on it? I actually went three beers on this match because even though it was a little sloppy, I still like think they worked a classic solid wrestling match up until the end. Like the finish was just really dumb for me. I know they were selling on commentary that his back was or that is was a Back was broken by Kurt Angle, or his arm? His arm was his arm was broken by Kurt Angle because he yeah. worked over his arm the entire match. Why did I say back? But yeah, his his arm was broken by Kurt Angle, and he didn't want him to re-break it. But like, I thought that was a dumb finish with the DQ. Like, yeah, it didn't make any sense. But he did work a classic traditional. And like, he I mean, it was kind of stiff, but I still liked like William Regal 
he still looks good. Even if the other guy doesn't look as good, William Regal always looks good. And there's one yeah. note that I did make. The Blade is Bob Holly, but in 2020. I'm just going to throw that out there. Like, I don't know if I agree with that. I feel like the Blade is a little I'm bit just more. Going by the blonde, I'm just going by the dyed blonde oh, hair. The, the look, balding, the look, yeah. Really buff, like, does like... There's, there's, there's a meme in that, buddy. Yeah, there's there's got to be I'm, a meme in there I'm somewhere. That, but, uh... And then also JR, they JR also made a funny election comment on commentary that I noticed. He Super said solid. He said the election needs some work, but I ain't but I ain't for no monarchy. Yeah. Like, the election <laughs> needs some work, but I ain't for no monarchy. <laughs> uh, yeah, the DQ uh, belt knockout, kind of a dumb finish, so I only yeah. gave it three beers. It had the potential to be better if it didn't have a dumb finish, but that's what yeah. I feel. Yeah, see, I'm right. That's exactly where I'm at with it. I actually enjoyed the match. I thought it was pretty good. Trace Modelos on that one. But I, I thought for me, I'm actually about in the same boat. I think I'm about three and a half beers deep on this one. Because I thought, I mean, because to me, like, I didn't see it as sloppy. I felt like this was, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s version of American, like, strong style. Like, you know, this is before the New Japan blow up had happened here in the States. You know what I mean? And it's like, to me, like, I thought they were both just working super snug and I thought Regal did a pretty solid job of just kind of carrying Holly through the match. I I was actually pleasantly surprised by it. Um, and I thought the commentary again was just really helped the match get over to me. Um, and, but you know, the finish really took away from it. I think I would have scored it maybe four and a half, maybe even five years if the finish had been really solid. Um, but it was a really lackluster finish and that kind of poo pooed the whole thing. Let's jump back over to the current day product. Um, speaking of poo-poo and the whole thing, match number three on the card here is Sami Zayn versus Bobby Lashley. And I got to say, I was super let down by this, man. I feel like it could have been way better than it was, but it just kind of became Sammy begging off and trying to stay away from the hurt business. And then it like, and then, and then he ends up getting DQ'd anyway. And it's like that, I don't, it just didn't, the whole thing just made no sense at all. It was a super big bummer for me. I gave it one beer. Uh, Wex, what did you think about Sami Zayn versus Bobby Lashley? Yeah, I only gave it uh, two beers myself, only because this is sort of an old rematch. I remember they had their feud a long time ago. Yeah. And, and then he had that thing. I think, I'm pretty sure he faced him recently, like on TV or something where he locked his legs up under the ring and he couldn't get out and made him count out. I don't remember if that was part of the story or whatever, but eh, two beers. Like I said, decent work. There's no real story here and too much Chicken Hill shit going on with him trying Way to bet, too much. trying to get yeah. DQ'd. And it was just kind of overdone. And eh. I know yeah. they can both do better and they can both do some. They can both put on way better matches. Yeah, that's what it is. There was just so much. I feel like there's so much in the tank there that if you'd actually just said like, hey, Bobby, hey, Sammy, you guys have X amount of minutes. You guys can just put your match together the way you want. It would have been fucking way better like you know what i mean i i just I, I know that that the work rate would have just been significantly better jesse what do you think about this one so this is off subject but i have to harken back for a second i didn't want to interrupt anybody but in terms of what we're talking about with regal and holly watch regal and finley wcw uncensored 96 oh yeah that's how oh if yeah you, if, if you want to fucking roll hard way and make it work that's oh, how yeah. you do it Oh, yeah. This match was not how you did it. Therefore, the rating. Anyway, uh, Sammy Bobby. No one on paper could have possibly thought that this was going to be great. You know? Um, it's a one beer for me. 
and here's why. This is another conditional rating. Had Bobby walked out with the Hurt Business behind him and he sent the other three back and walked to the ring and didn't have everybody by the ring, I thought it could have been good. I think Sammy could have done every single heel tactic that he did, the ropes and the whole thing, outside of the whole DQ business. He could have run the ropes. He could have fucking continued to be the chicken shit heel and whatever and could have done all of the same-ish tactics to get his way through that match. And it would have been a four- or five-year match to me because that's who that character is supposed to be. Here's another thing that bothers me. Bobby has three guys outside of the ring with him. And you're talking, look at the size. You're talking a guy the size of Bobby Lashley. And then the guy that is in the shape that Sami Zayn is in, which is, you know, like fat skinny. And he gets him in a corner and he's already shoulder thrusted him two or three times. And then he has to like run against the ropes to put extra momentum against him in the corner and shit. Like, I'm like, Bobby's not working big. No, yeah. It's like, he's not what, like, a one shoulder fucking tackle should decimate Sami Zayn. Yes, 100%. And the fact that, it like, the rolling out and all that fun stuff, you know, commentary wasn't helping. Like, they were all trying to sell that thing the whole way, but I'm like, there shouldn't have been anything to have to sell. They shouldn't have had everybody come out with him. If anything, you might have one guy. If anything, what I would say, have Cedric as the one guy that comes out with him. If Sammy needs somebody to heal off of, but here's the thing. Her business looked like the biggest fucking capable heels in the company. You want a heel stable right now with four guys? That's fucking it. Yeah. So I don't understand why they're poised to have to be the faces just because they fucking put them in this brand versus brand, no stakes bullshit pay-per-view against Fidel Castro. I don't understand it. <laughs> well, I think that it's, I honestly think that, that the reason why they don't book the herd business as strong heels is because they're a publicly traded company and it's all straight black men and you can't just do them as bad guys. I, I think that it. I agree. I agree. I believe it would be, fantastic and i feel like those four dudes would absolutely slay it like it would be amazing but i feel like it's all pc but i also think that that's i also think that's why they're on usa and not on fox that's fair that's fair we're getting we're getting a little deep here i like that i like that but that i think that that's i think that's probably true the thing is when you're really looking at it you're looking at when anybody's asking for ratings i'm sorry you're looking at like hurt business as the biggest and Purposes don't have to be heels in the sense of doing dirty shit. That's the thing. They can be the type of heel that fucking just cleans house. They can be the horseman heels, yeah. But that's what they're doing with Roman, too. Yeah. Roman's that's not true. cheating. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Paul Heyman's not a fucking, you know, but he's not throwing him gimmicks. He's not fucking doing nothing. He's I wish like, you would, though. I do, too. But he's not doing anything. I'm just saying. Anyway, so. I want to see, see a loaded lay. A loaded lay. <laughs> I, I want to see that old school fucking '90s brick cell phone, dude. Hey, oh, that'd be great. <laughs> Wex, bro, where are you at with this one, man? Sammy versus Bobby. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, just some, just too much chicken, chicken shit hill stuff going on in that one. That's all I'll say. Yeah. I just don't I'm know surprised. that he could have done anything else. I mean, what the fuck else are you gonna do? You got, you're four against one, you but mean, you're though? a. Heat. But that's what I, I know. I agree, but I'm saying like. like I, it's kind of what, what you said. Like, I mean, even if the Hurt Business is there, 
Like you could have, they could have still had a better match. Like I mean, the bell, the bell, the bell could have been better. And maybe they were directed to just kind of like be more gimmicky and more, you know, storyline driven and less work rate. But like, I don't know, man. I mean, I just don't think either guy got over. I mean, like, no, I agree. I agree. I agree that neither guy got over, and it didn't help yeah. either one of them for sure. The booking was poor. Uh, but over on the other show, um, I mean, you know, arguably one of the worst storylines and like is remembered as a bad one. But dude, the match I, to me didn't show it. Like I felt like this match was like, dude, the goddamn pop that the Rock got was insane. High energy from the jump. This match was really good. Like it pleasantly surprised me. Like Rikishi may have had more steam than we like actually give him credit for. Because like I know that we look back at like these these like I know we look back at it like oh, what a mistake, like, it was Rikishi, and I did it for the people, I did it for the, we all make fun of it, but, like, it was so good, man, like, I, I, I thought it was a really damn good match, I thought the finish was great, uh, it was definitely match of the night, I think, on, on the, on the whole card, in my opinion, um, I was five beers deep on this one, man, see, even my Burt Demon was, like, yeah, agreeing with me, like, five beers deep, loved Rikishi versus The Rock, Wex, I can see you, like, jumping out of your skin over there, what do, what do you think about this one? Ah, dude, I have to agree with you, dude, like, wholeheartedly. Definitely match of the night. Like, I remember the storyline, like, very, like, vividly, because, like, I was, that's, like, when I was really into, like, WWF, you know, it all, it just started coming on UPN. I didn't have cable, I was, you know, so I could finally watch that shit. I remember the whole Stone Cold storyline and Rikishi, and like you said, we do make fun of it, but, like, Dude, Rikishi worked fucking heels so good in this match. Rikishi like could rock, go, bro. He rocked, like, sold baby face, like, getting his ass kicked so good in this match. The and selling, the, yeah. Like, and I'm going to go back to what we talked about earlier in the cameras flashing. The pop and the flashes he got for the setup for the people's elbow. Like, holy fuck. People, you don't get pops like that anymore. Bays. That is Bays in spotlight, bro. Bays like, in flash bulbs. I can remember going, going to a... Smackdown and taking one of those disposable cameras and wasting it all within like the first like two minutes and like the first entrances because like yeah that that just took me back seeing that pop and like such a good match and then the end of it when like he goes and hits all the bonsai drops back to back like kind of getting the we get the Yoko Zuna throwback and like the whole family deep woven family storyline there like I fucking loved it I got five beers too. Five beers match of the night deep. for me. I loved it. Like I got so hyped, like watching this. I was like, God damn! Like the Rock and Rikishi. I forgot how good this shit was. Shaker and Baker. What do you think about this one? I mean, in in uh, what seems to be the trend, kind of on some of these, fucking the opposite. What? Uh, Whoa! What? I love that. The you're looking at a storyline driven show. You're looking at a huge, huge, huge story that is an overarching thing that the entire we we opened up the show talking about how great the package was. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Survivor Series. Keep in mind, we're talking about a show that in this year, we're this is a return of Stone Cold. 2000 has been a very rough year for the WWE. Yeah. You know, they've lost most of their main shit over the yeah. course of time. WrestleMania 2000. They lost Stone Cold. They had to fucking come up with weird substitutions for shit. Yeah. The, totally. uh, you know, I mean, it was it was a strange time. You follow that through. You come back into this. We already have a main event we'll talk about later that isn't for a belt. So, um, this Rock Rikishi thing, yeah, I get it. Like, 
it seemed to me that it was very clearly only to put only to make an attempt to make Rikishi make sense as a heel. They were tra- they were trying to find way more reasons and way more ways to use Fatu. Here's the thing: Fatu's a great worker. He always has been. I feel the same way about Fatu as I feel about Bailey and about Ricky Steamboat. I just think that dude's not a heel. I think there's only one way to fuck. Oh, he would he could be a heel in the head shrinkers, you know, iteration and the yeah. shit where you don't know who he is or whatever. But like, I'm saying, when you bring him into that big shit where he has an opportunity to connect, especially at that point, everybody knew who he was, what he looked yeah. like. I think it's different. I think I think Fatu can be a heel. I think the character Rikishi can't be a heel. I think that when you're the lovable pop and lock Samoan, it's really hard to make him the heel. But when that's not Rikishi, to say that when Rikishi he happened, try. He can no longer be a heel. <laughs> that, that so we're kind of yeah. saying the same thing. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, he yeah. had Triple H's sledgehammer that automatically makes him a heel. And he wore FUBU while he did it. My God. Oh my That's Rakishi wear, not FUBU. <laughs> Get it right, man. It's Rakishi wear, bro. The first thing I thought when I watched this match was they're trying to use the family angle to throw the rock off, which would be the only reason why he wouldn't beat an undercard talent because he was so emotionally invested that he would get thrown off and be off his game a little bit. And they used that up a little, you know. But, man, the storyline didn't lead to shit. No, it, it didn't, but the work rate was really good. If you're just the judging the actual great. match, it was a really damn good match. The work rate was great. But, yeah. the, like, I mean, at what point is the rating only the work rate on the match? Right? Like, there are a thousand matches that have great work rate. But, I mean, it's like when you're talking about a match that is, like, the rock and Rikishi – and you're trying to rate that shit as far as how it's supposed to go. Like the Rock has already been a main eventer for a very long time, and now he is in a very sub, sub, sub main event position against somebody else. One would assume it was supposed to build. It did not. We all knew it was not. And not only was it all right, Rock got the thing back, got the win, and then what was it? Fucking sixteen bonsai drops. <laughs> how many times do you get hit with somebody's ass, dude? Like. It was pretty intense. It was a very long, fast, continuous bonsai drop segment. You could tell they were just trying to put Rikishi over and trying to put Rikishi over and trying to put Rikishi over. And, like, you know, if that was right now, maybe I'd be like, yep, for it. But it's not right now. I know what happened. I see what you're saying. Nobody fucking gave a flying fuck about him the following month. He fell off a cell into a fucking hayseed shit in a... And they, then they started uh, popping. The, the they started popping and locking, and then you know choke push, yeah choke push, yeah. And I wouldn't even say that if we were still covering the show. I suggested, but dude, since we're not, I would say it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that one can be. I don't. I don't need to do an anniversary show for that one. We can. Uh... For me, it is one beer. The work rate was fucking incredible. I'm not saying it wasn't. I just think the way that they booked it, the way the whole thing was done, Rikishi should have. Rikishi could have easily worked somebody that was like The Rock's buddy, and it would have been the same fucking match. Well, I think you're a snooty son of a bitch. And speaking of <laughs> snooty son of a bitches, let's jump back over here to the main show. It's Asuka versus Sasha Banks. And whoever keeps booking these same women together, it's like you have this huge roster, and all you do is book the same three or four women against each other all the damn time. Like, okay, this is the same kind of example. Like, Work rate was super good. Like, bell to bell, really, really damn good match. Like, I give no fucks about this story. I give no fucks about this. There's no stakes here. 
there's nothing to to win or lose other than to just see a decent wrestling match. I mean, for that, I gave it two beers, but like, I don't know. It just it was a good wrestling match. And that's all I can say about it. Like that, like, you know what I mean? Like that's it. It was a good wrestling match. It could have been on velocity. You know, it it, it just wasn't. It it doesn't. It it did nothing for either character. It didn't put Oscar over. It didn't put Sasha over. It did it did nothing. It was it was it was less than fifty fifty booking. It was just a waste of of TV time in my opinion. Uh, let's just snake it back around, Jesse. What do you think about this one, dude? I mean, I'll you know. I'll give it three only because it's, you know, they did great work rate. You know, it's hard for me to believe if this, and this is one thing I will say. A lot of people want to compare WWE to AEW. A lot of people want to look at that comparison because it's the only comparison there is right now in terms of anything. If you want to look at women's division, if this match happened on AEW, AEW doesn't have stakes that are fucking largely set in their women's division. So if this match happened, I'm sure we'd probably all be coming our sheets. But it'd be much better, yeah. The in in the exact match would be much better. So yeah. it's kind of hard to you know uh, like hard to look at objectively in that instance. I will say WWE gave these people this chance. Yada fucking yada, whatever. I mean, it's. I, I hate it because there aren't stakes. They did work a great match. There, There's nothing to really attach to, which is what they fucking want to do. So you're openly not operating with your largest people in your women's division who hold your titles as your business model. I think that's a mistake. Um, I did watch The Mandalorian, though, and I saw Sasha Banks a couple episodes. So Me too. I haven't. Uh, stop it. I haven't. I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> I literally just got to the episode where she debuts, so I don't have any idea what's happening yet. I haven't been able to finish it. That's for a different show, guys. So <laughs> it's for it's for it's for a different show, very guys. Very good. Okay, Wax, what do you think about this one, man? Hey, I really like this hey. match. I mean, <laughs> what can I say? I mean, I love Oscar. I love watching her work, and they had, like you said, the work rate was fucking great in this match. Like, good, great work rate. One of my favorite sequences, that like long roll-up back and forth sequence that they had, they were just like reversal, 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 counter, like I had a good time. But just because Oscar lost, and I didn't want to see that, that didn't do anything for I'm gonna go two beers on this match. I was gonna go three beers if Oscar would have won, but gonna go for two. And you know, Sasha and Oscar very very nice uh, to look at when they're wrestling. So I forgot yeah. one thing that I meant to mention. Sasha's mm-hmm. was far more scandalous, it seemed, here than I'd ever noticed. And I thought about that for a second. He is literally engaged, I think, or married to maybe the dude that makes gear for like yeah. most of the people there. Yeah, he mm-hmm. does. That's true. I mean, she had her D'Angelo lines were fucking out. Yeah, I was not complaining. All I'll say. Yeah, way out front. Like her whole shit was super low. I'm like, clearly, there's no like, it's a wax job and straight D'Angelo. Yeah, I was, I was, I was a hundred percent. And I'm sorry, I, like, I know that you're not supposed to notice things like that or whatever. Um, sis had I'm just saying, I'm a straight. Not dude. on this show, brother. Not on this show. I saw it. It, it was it, it, very beautiful, athletic, amazing, attractive. 
boss of a woman who has accomplished a lot. It's very hard not to find that person sexy. And Bro. yet, it is obviously, she literally has bone arrows pointing to her crotch that were Preach way more noticeable about in this it. area. Oh, yeah. Uh, no issues. No I issues saying that, that she's that's wicked that's hot for sure. Yeah, I was definitely enjoying the scenery. Uh, but on the flip side of this, we can talk about awful gear because it's uh, also another women's match on the year 2000. It's Ivory versus Lita for the <laughs> WWF Women's Championship. Jesus Christ. This one was, I mean, just uh, sloppy shit show to say the least. Um. Wow. Like, I, I mean, did I just remember Lita being good, and like, or was she just hot and edgy? Because like, we I've covered several hot shows like this. Like, no, no, like I've covered, we've covered several like Attitude Era shows because we started this show two years ago to like give us an excuse to go back and watch the shows that we loved when we were kids. And, and so like as our old like Mark selves who have become cynical and like, like to critique fucking work rate and the time, the amount of matches, you know, it's like the stupid shit that we're all doing here right now. Like we enjoy doing that. So then you go back and you watch these things that made you fall in love with wrestling and you're like, I haven't seen her be good in anything. Like, like I've covered several pay-per-views. Like, maybe she just had some really good raw matches, and I she just dropped the ball on under 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 pressure. I mean, she got hurt in almost every single match that I've seen her on on a big pay-per-view. She's gotten hurt in some way. Like, by the way, like it wasn't just blood. Like, she was loopy, bro. Like, you could tell that she was not there. Like, she was. She looked was like somebody. Dude, she looked like it, 2 a.m. on Second Avenue when Graham was still open. You know what I'm saying? Like in the Nashville days, like you when mean, people were just recent, stumbling out. You mean a recent concussion match with somebody, possibly? Yes, yes, a hundred percent. Yes, exactly. Perhaps Exa an ex-mate of hers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it, that's exactly what. It, but she, I felt like, did way more. And oh my god, dude, Ivory. Maybe she just didn't. Maybe it was just the time, like, and and her, like, the styles just didn't match up because, like. Ivory took a head scissors and a Hurricane Rana, like a straight damn DDT, like Dude, both yeah. of them. And they I was like, straight, they were spike. They were yes, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is happening? It was really bad. Like, dude, I cracked the beer open and it smelled like stink. And I just didn't drink a single sip. Zero beers for me on this one. Jesse, where are you at? Dude, I had to give it one only because they did it through. And so here's the deal. Your time frame, you're correct in the sense of like looking at Lita and wondering if she had ever done great matches. I'm telling you right now, the the parallel that I was referencing earlier, Lita and Trish Stratus right here are greener than goose shit. Yeah. And they're both still getting to the point where they understand how to work. This is before that. Yeah. It really is. Lita had worked in Mexico. She had worked in ECW. She had just within the year come to WWF. It was, she was not ready. Yeah. This situation was not good. She was also not willing to give up her spot because at that point she had, because of her affiliation with the Hardy Boys, she was in kind of that weird echelon where they were like, oh shit, this is where we know where we are. This is where we know where we are. This is where we know where we are. She was doing that stone cold, I broke my neck, but I ain't going to tell nobody type shit. Yeah. She was doing exactly that. So she got hurt. She got busted open, running around. She's lucky it was with Ivory. It was yeah. any other any other female talent Absolute in the company couldn't bro. carry you through it. Yeah. Uh, Ivory maybe had Jackie, her, but yeah. Uh, well, maybe, but I don't think Jackie would have. <laughs> yeah, straight up, straight up. That's fact. Yeah. But Ivory, you know, 
already Lisa Ready already had her own shit and she was like good to go. Already done the glow stuff, had already done pro wrestling in other places before. She wanted to carry her through it. I'm impressed by the fact that the match finished. I'm impressed that they continued to go. I thought that it should have been stopped, but I'm impressed that they continued to go. It di- they didn't do anything criminally unsafe after she was obviously busted open. If yeah. you go back and look at it, her backflip spots and stuff were all like pretty par for the course. Yeah. Biggest thing to me was she had to get the shirt off pop, which is the equivalent to me of like the Hogan must pose. It was like at yeah. some point by that time, like or the Jeff Hardy shirt rip. Idiot. I mean, it's the same thing now. Yeah. Yeah. And Ivory had, you know, she had worked in her own gear forever. Ivory was having trouble working in the long skirt. And you can yeah. tell, you can see her jerking the fucking long skirt up to like scoot out of spots and shit a couple of times. Like yeah. she, like she was having a little bit of trouble in her gear. RTC sucked. Ugh. And you know, worst theme song in music history. It, <laughs> well, that was my vote, not Wes. Oh yeah, I saw, I saw, I saw your Twitter poll there. I was like, oh, it's but, definitely uh, RTC. But those Spike Hurricane Ranas were fucking devastating. And the thing is, is like, I don't, I, I don't like, I don't think those were Amy Dumas' fault. I like. She did the moves the right way. Ivory yeah. took them like pile drivers both times. Yeah. <laughs> Those are yeah. like the quickest. Honestly, like, ever. honestly, that Hurricane Rana, I was like, dude, like, if you could bump it that way every time, that's a sick way to just, t- you know what I mean? Like, if you could just that's take okay. it on They're your forearms and plant it, like, it's like, yeah. an early version of that. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like a Sandy Guevara bump. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Love so. it. I don't know. I mean, for me, it was it it, it it was one beer just for the fact they fucking did it. Like, she, it should have been stopped 10 seconds in. Yeah. The minute that she started fucking bleeding, it should have stopped. Because that was insane. That was, like, on the verge of some weird Beulah and fucking Bill Alfonso shit. Wex, where you at with it? Okay, yeah, so, like, basically, we know how we start off the match talking about bad gear and bad shit. Right before the match, it cut to JR, and he was wearing a WWF New York sweater, which I thought was very interesting, with the cowboy hat and everything. But the match itself, like we just talked about, it was just basically sloppy. Sloppy, like, and it's funny, I have decent work, no sloppy work. Then I have big crossbody to the outside, shitty crossbody. Like... (laughs) things just like progressively got worse and like i noticed that ivory kept tugging on her skirt and everything like you said and it was just kind of a shit show and i'm surprised she even cut the moonsault because like you said and like he said noticeably dizzy kind of looking all out of there like out of it and everything but i give it one beer just because she got busted open we got to get a little color in the match you know i'm saying her and matt hardy both did fucking spots they shouldn't have done because they were busted the fuck open like but it's yeah. funny because it was 20 years apart. <laughs> yeah, and, and she was, like, noticeably, like, wobbly. And then I also just, like, all I have in my notes is RTC song, fuck. Yeah. Because, God damn it, just, we just hear it over and over again. I just noticed for the, probably for the first time, there's actually, like, weird music playing in the background. But all I can focus on is just the, like, just the, God damn it. That's what, that is one of the, that's, like, top five worst songs of all time. Probably top three. It's a terrible song. Um, and speaking of like just terribleness in general, we got to jump back over to the other show now because God, speaking of something that I had nothing for, it's the women's, uh, I guess the women's elimination match. Uh, it's Nia. Yeah. It's Nia, Royce, Evans, Baszler, and Lana versus Bailey, Belair, Riot, Morgan, and Natalia. 
Total shit show. Uh, another zero beer for me. It just didn't make any sense. It was really bad. Uh, everything was clunky. It felt like they were trying to rush through their spots to get all everything in, and no one delivered. Like nobody. Uh, it was just. It was not good. Uh, Lana getting the win was like just fueling a shitty storyline. Like I got. I, it, it doesn't. It, it did. It didn't make her look any better. It, it it only made all the other girls, literally every every other female in this match looked worse at the end of it. And that's, uh, I mean, I guess if we even get to like negative beers, I don't know if we can do that. But like, I want my money back for the beer that I like. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a negative beer on this one. Like I I'm a negative beer on this one. I'm a beer more sober because of this shitty match. Uh, Jesse, what do you think about it? I saw one good thing. During this match, which was the shine of Bianca Belair, her confidence really making a point to show out, even though during the match it it wasn't treated or booked the way it should have been. I think we can all agree that Bianca Belair is there, you know, yeah. that a big star, obviously for them. But it's one of those situations where it it, it should have been booked better in that instance. I think she – I didn't love her role in the entire match. However, I think anybody that's not us, that's not a wrestling fan, that for some fucking reason is watching this show, which is a whole other conversation that we can all have, which is why that doesn't happen anymore. But, <laughs> like, I, I think her real estate grew a little, maybe, just from how she looked. And that's the only plus I could get. Um, it's a way zero or negative or I don't know. I mean, if we could, I could, if I can undrink beer, I'd, I'd undrink this beer. Yeah. Yeah. I want my money back for this beer for sure. Wex, where you at on it? I'm puking on this one. Puking. That's, that, that, that's, that, that's what's not drinking a beer. You're yeah, puking there you beer go. back Get, up. Getting it out. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I have Lana wins without wrestling trash. Like that's all. Like without wrestling. I mean, it's fucking it was dumb. Like it was just dumb, so sloppy. Like an Italia tried to do like a surfboard and like completely botched the fuck out of it. I think that's what she was going for. Yeah. It was just like fucked. I was surprised Lacey Evans did hit a Spanish fly. Yeah. Which that that surprised me. And like Bianca Belair on Earth hits the fucking worst move on Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like Bianca Belair, and I, didn't she eliminate Bianca Belair with the right hand? I think so. Yeah, I don't know. Like I can't remember. But whatever. Bianca Belair had that nice little like spot, like she had a good showing, and I don't know. They barely, ma- they almost botched the superplex spot. It was just fucking trash. It was awful. The gear I was puked. awful. It I looked went, weird. I a couple of them. I puked. I pissed. I got less drunk. I became more sober after this. The shoes were wet with just like the pee running down his pants and like exactly. soggy socks. So can I, inter- can I can I introduce something here just to ask? Sure. We're talking about this, and it's going to sound like we're trashing because, you know, this is the 10 that they decided to put in this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, let's briefly not even have to fantasy book, but, like, what could have been done better? E- e- like, even in just, like, two things you can name that could have been not done better. Not have this match. Within the WWE. Like within, like, I'm not. I'm not saying fantasy out of every roster or every anything else. Yeah, I'll say, say right. let's say two things per person. I'm gonna go ahead and start with Wex. I'll say it should have been just a women's tag team title match because they never u- utilized yeah. those titles, and they could have built a whole better story around that and yep. not had that match in the first place and had a better story and it still could have been Survivor Series. It could have been an elimination tag match for the women's titles. They easily yep. could have done something like that. Yep. 
And who would you, well, can I ask? Sorry, can I? Yeah, who would I? Yes, who would I have in the? Who would I have in the match? Yeah, who would you have included? I would have included um, the current tag team. Who are the current champions at the moment? Right now, that's Nia and Baszler. Baszler, they're a Raw team. I believe so. Yes. I would just have them face off against a SmackDown team and just have them retain, but just you know, just so it's still brand versus brand. Have them retain just to build them as a team. I would go. I would go with the. I would go with a four corners like type deal. So I'd have eight instead of what was it ten here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, if it's me, I, I'm putting. I'd be. It'd be Nia and Baszler. I would have never split up Royce and Billy Kay. I'd still have them on one I'd, side. I'd probably have Morgan and Riot on one side. And then you know they tried to push Bel Air and Natty in uh, the pre-show. And I think you know having one random team out of the four being like kind of a newly put together team especially with Bel Air and Natty I think that would work well with like the up and comer with the veteran so that's how I would book it book it as an elimination four corners match um I think it'd be great I think it would have been significantly better than this so am I allowed to ask where Naomi is sure you can ask I don't have any idea where she is I don't know what she's doing is she hurt I have no idea either what I'm saying is if I'm looking at it I'm looking at, you can do a four-on-four Survivor Series, what we knew for the majority of our adolescence, four-on-elimination Survivor Series style. And you could do, I don't know, Nia, Shayna, Peyton. I agree Billy should have been on that team. And then you could do whoever the other mother. My main point would be, I think that Bianca Belair should be on the top of this entire thing. And... Man, I think it should bring Ember Moon back up. Like why? I, the NXT needs her. EO, EO and Ember is gonna be dope. Like that's gonna be yep, really I mean, that's good. Gonna be fucking sick. You're right. It's, NXT needs her because they fucking don't know what they're doing with anything else. <laughs> no, it's because it's because Vince takes all their good women and then use he takes all their good stars. Period, and just doesn't use them properly. How many Trash. people have? Do you like, think dude, I mean just not ultimately in charge of NXT? Because I'm sorry, but that's a fuck. Hundred percent. A hundred percent. No, it's not. It's definitely not. I mean, you you can you can see you can tell by the just by. The, I mean, maybe he is now actually. Maybe he is now because it maybe that is why it's gotten way shittier. But Naomi I do honestly, I do honestly well, believe. Be Bianca Belair and Naomi wouldn't be fucking fire.com. I I think it could be. It could be. It could be awkward though. It because I feel like they are very similar in their work in their work style. They're and very the, like they're very athletic. It's not gonna be awkward. No, I, yeah, no, oh no, 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 yeah, yeah. So you're <laughs> saying you're saying like Team Naomi versus like Team Bel Air. Is that what you're saying? No. Not Have them as a tag team? I'm oh, saying they were on the same team. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like that a lot. Yeah, I do like that a lot. They're on the That'd same team against the white girls on Raw. Like, yeah, that would yeah. be dope. That would yeah. be dope. I agree. Yeah. Well, even and then you like put them in the hurt business too. With the tag titles? Well, oh. Why would you not? Why would you not? That'd be so sick. Because we're talking about, they're on SmackDown, and her business is on Raw, and God yeah. knows, you know, oh, the draft yeah. has well, to I think Naomi's on Raw. I think Naomi is on Raw, though. I think Naomi is on Raw, though. No, you can never go to another show. You're on your show absolutely no matter what. <laughs> Dude, it's very strict. Is Naomi on Raw? I've never seen Naomi on Raw. Like, all right, I haven't right. watched Raw in a while. I mean, yeah. I mean, what's what's there to miss? But uh, speaking of ugly, bro, let's let's jump back over here to the next match on the card in 2000. And the match wasn't ugly, but dude, the Undertaker himself, ten years <laughs> deep, 
in those goddamn snakeskin pants. It looks Bro. like No, no, we're going to have to carve out a section. I want to rate, like, okay, on, on a scale of 1 to 10, where are you putting these snakeskins at, buddy? Wexley, where are you at? Where are you putting these snakeskins? Like, on the loud scale of just fucking outrageous, yes. 10, yes. of course. If they're just fucking crazy, like, that does not fit. I don't think he's 10, ever worn of them before or after that. When I, I noticed him, I was like, is he wearing fucking who, snakeskin pants? Who, who told you this was okay, Taker? Who said yes? Did Vince tell you this? Jesse, what do you think I, about those pants, bro? My scale is he asked his captain, Michael the motherfucking Freebird P.S. Hayes, where do oh, I get God. the best pants on Bad Street? <laughs> dude, dude, dude. He was like, yeah, yeah, brother. Oh, man. I don't know. Left is where it got him. Okay. I will say this, though. I did feel like Undertaker looked a little uh, not on the top of his game, at least. Um, I kind of expected a little bit more from these guys. It wasn't It wasn't bad by any means. It was not a bad match, but it wasn't. Uh, I don't know. I just like maybe I just expected more. Um, the Edge and Christian like interference actually got the biggest pop of the of the match. I I felt like, um, and it did get better as time went on, but it just took um, a really long time to get their momentum going, uh, and it was all in all kind of forgettable. That's why I don't think anybody really talks about Kurt Angle versus the Undertaker at Survivor right. Series. But um, I, I felt like the finish was pretty creative. Uh, I mean, definitely had never seen anything like that before or really since. Uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't awful. Uh, but it wasn't great, so I'm gonna give it right in the middle out of a six pack. I'll drink three beers for it because I mean it was it did get good as, as it as it heated up, but it wasn't. I don't know. I I, I did felt a little let down. I I felt like I expected more from from Taker and Angle. Jesse, what do you think? Let me get this straight. You said you've never had a you never seen a set, uh, finish that was similar then or since. I mean, not the same kinda... as like using a. Well, I mean, yeah, but the I mean. He wasn't I'm, even I'm, a wrestler, like you know what I mean? Find what you mean by I've never seen a situation that was a finish like that up until then or since. Yeah, I mean, well, maybe I should clarify. So, like, an, a complete outside wrestler that was not in, like really in wrestling before or after. I know he worked in OVW and they tried to like make him a wrestler or whatever, but Eric Engel never really had like a career. Okay, so, so like, you, you you went you okay you went the other way. So that's 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 what I'm saying. Here are the parallels in the finish. I'll start with the finish. Not only was it a uh, a false brother finish that was refereed by Earl Hebner, but it was also done at Survivor Series by Earl. Yeah, but that's not, that, so. but that's not the referee. <laughs> it's not the referee though. It's not the referee. It's not, and and we know they're not twins. Wait, 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 the, million, wait, wait. the million dollar man paid for plastic surgery. That's what happened. Uh, Come on, though. <laughs> no, we all know. The Hebner twins at SNME twins. was a big deal. Well, they're close to fuck enough for everybody to believe it. They are twins in real life. I'm the fact kidding. that he was there and the fact that he was there, the fact that it was another... The interesting part to me was that it was another like version of a screw job. Yeah. At the point where no one was in the company that they could use. Yeah. You know? Um, it was one of those things where... Again, I maintain 2000 was a very transformative period for the WWF. Like there were, they had lost so much star power and so many of the fucking things that they thought they were going to be able to count on. And they, they were still growing. They were still moving. Yeah. They were still figuring out who was going to be able to draw the money in. And so like something like this, like it made sense. Undertaker 
Look, you had a WrestleMania with no Stone Cold and no Undertaker. It's hard to do. Yeah, no, I agree. One of my favorite WrestleManias, to be quite frank. A lot of people fucking hate it, but I loved it. And what, 16? 2000, yeah. Oh, no, I hated it. I hated I it. I loved it. I, I'm not saying it's the best. WrestleMania 2000 was a better video game than a pay-per-view. 100%. I'm not saying it's a great fucking show. I'm saying, though, here's the deal. The way that it worked out, everything surrounding that show turned into everything the WWF won at. Like, it, it was... That was, that was a huge fucking deal. I did like that show. If you watch that show back, I'm sorry. If you if you have a bad time watching that show, you should probably just hang yourself from a bridge. But, <laughs> like, it's a real good show. I mean, WrestleMania 17, that, like, okay, so I, I agree where Greatest you're talking about, like. Greatest WrestleMania of all time, by the way, 17. I'll, I'll, it's up there. It's up there for me. I'm it's up there. there for me. It's up there for me, for sure. But it's definitely, I don't think it's number one, but it's close. <laughs> Uh, it's definitely in the top five. You know, it's top five if you're, you know, Bruce Pritchard fan. But either way, like, to me, I think that, that WrestleMania 16 was the last of the attitude. Era. Like, to me, like, you can almost see this gloss that happened between. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not even talking about, like, the PG era. I'm talking about, like, after the attitude era, there, there was there was a few years. There were a couple years, not just a little short transition. There was. Like almost three years between the Attitude Era and Ruthless Aggression Era, and that's like the forgotten era that no one really talks about. <laughs> Ruthless Aggression Era didn't fucking exist until they decided to monetize it. No, yeah. it did happen though. Like, I mean, but you could tell, like, like the production value, like the way the shows looked, became yeah, you're right. very different. This was the last year. Two thousand was the last year that it still looked like raunchy. And everything right. else after this was way more gloss. And so, like, I think that that's why people feel like... Yeah, but the same 16... people are producing. No, I know that. I know that. But the production quality was significantly better. You know Maybe after the, that was they after they got WCW. Three months from now, and they fucking brought... They purchased WCW. Yeah. <laughs> like, they were the only contender in the game. They had every single fucking deal that they had. They had all the video libraries and every fucking thing else. They also yeah. made their TV deal back. Yeah. So, I mean, they had all that money. All I'm saying is, when it comes down to shit like this, the comparison between all those things, I I just really think Undertaker, Kurt Angle, that whole deal, you... Angle looked like a fucking jabron. Undertaker looked like a fucking jabron, but you had to have somebody yeah. walk out one way or the other, I guess. One person walked out with the belt, false finish. To me, that gave it... One beer. Wax, where you at on this one, man? I mean, honestly, I was going to go three beers on this, but I ended up going two just because of so much so much weird shit that was going on in this match. The pants, for oh sure, the pants thing like, really the threw me up. pants, baby. <clears throat> it was nice, though, seeing The Undertaker finally, like, I haven't seen him be this agile in years because I haven't watched, like, an old Undertaker match in a agile. long time. It was cool to see him work, but... This is Beer Belly Mark. I don't know if you credit this to the network or if this was the song he was using at the time, but the song that they used, I don't know if it was dubbed or he was... Or what. That was the, that's the worst Undertaker song ever. Worse than Kid Rock. He was he using Kid Rock at the time. I thought he was using like, Roland. No, he was still, using Kid Rock at the time. But they used American Badass... Kid Rock and in, then went to uh, Roland. 
There's cer- there's certain version, network specials where Kid Rock is on it, but only certain. Why? But but this like, version okay. I think is the song he's using like uh, right before he returned to the classic Undertaker gimmick, like O yeah. three. But this song is that song is like literally the worst Undertaker song by far, like hands down. And I thought it was very weird. Before he did old school, he yelled out old school, and I just was like, what? Like. I don't remember it. Does he? Does he normally do that? Like I don't know. Yeah, he he did his no. He did as the American badass all the time. He, yeah, I but I mean, he didn't normally do that. That was that was at the beginning of that whole deal, though. Like he had no, dude. Really... He like okay he, in two thousand and two, which is literally two years later, he yeah. beat Hogan for the title in Nashville. I was I was on like on the floor in the second row, and he did that shit then. I remember like looking over, because I'm like training <laughs> at that point. I look over at my buddy and just rolled my eyes so hard, because I was like, why would you yell that? Like, what? Okay. We know. Speaking we know what you're doing. In 2000, which is like six months after he came back. Yeah. Well, speaking yeah. of Hulk Hogan. He on Mania. He came yeah. back at Unforgiven. Yeah. Did so, you notice like, he started he off the match? match. He started yeah, off the match fair. with Hogan's movie, started off the match with a big boot leg drop. Yeah. yeah, and he kicked out it too. Like immediately started the match off of that, and the promo, bef- like the little promo package they show before the video, which is also one of those cool little yeah classics. It didn't make a lick of fucking sense. He said, "I'm down with the devil, so I'll go medieval on your ass." Yeah. That, that, what? Like that doesn't make any fucking sense at all. Yeah, it doesn't. Because yeah, he's down with the devil, he's gonna go back to the medieval times on you. Like what? <laughs> I just, I was just like. I was just like, what the fuck? Like, whoever decided to toss that line in there and the production team needs to be fired because that was a there dumb... Was, there was no Google in 2000. They, they thought they were safe, man. Come on. There's but, yeah. a lot of what we're looking at in the in the, in the the Cheatski realm where, like, the referees weren't paying attention to shit, you know, with anybody on the, anybody on the fucking apron, Edge and Christian, yada, 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 and the whole notice of anybody skipping in, skipping out, and the whole brother thing. I mean, you know. I did notice that this was pre the "you suck" chant, Kurt Angle, but yeah. they started chanting "Angle sucks" during his match, but yeah. not "you suck" during his intro, which I thought was kind of interesting. I liked I liked Kurt Angle's heel character this time. He was I thought it was funny. Like I don't know if it was before or after it was yes yeah, before this match when Trish Stratus was like, "I can give you some extra help," and he's like, "I get what you're saying. You know, tell TNA I don't need any help from them. I'll be I'll be good against the under. Like I just loved his dumbass like yeah. Oh, I love it. and I love how Jr. was like, well, they brought it up. that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I love I loved it. That's that was really funny. Um, man, let's jump back over to the current product though here, and this one's got to be match of the night on the other card. Uh, I don't give a shit who you are or what you may think. I think it's a, a, a running fact that Roman Reigns is one of the best things that's going in WWE today. Maybe finally. Uh, maybe it's five years too late, but he is killing it. I mean, the dude is absolutely on fire. Drew McIntyre also working his ass off. I love that Randy only had a short title run, but I also love that Randy kind of got a little run in. It's another number he can add to, you know, that whole title total. So I think all everybody involved in this whole storyline is benefiting literally everybody. And that's really rare these days. Um, I thought the match was a banger. I lo- I loved it. I thought the both guys worked really hard. The booking was really great. I loved the finish. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised by this one. It was a true WWE style main event, um, which you know are kind of few and far between these days, which is sad. But uh, you know, five beers deep for me on this one: Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Wex, where are you at on this one? 
I really enjoyed the match. I know it start, kind of started off slow, but you know, like you said, it worked that w, that classic WWE style. It kind of went that yeah. pace, and I thought it was crazy, like brutal table spots, barricade yeah. spots. Even got to see the classic Future Shock DDT. Yes, love that. Finish, that dude. I was like, oh shit, couldn't believe he hit that one out. And like, I like how the whole how the first match that didn't really no real true storyline build. One thing did carry all the way into the main event. You know, Jay Uso is supposed to be gone. Yeah. I like that. Like in classic wrestling, like they're gone, yeah. but they're clearly like, never fucking gone. And I kind of like how Roman Reigns has been using that choke for his finisher now more than like doing the Superman punch or the spear. Yeah. Just I like it. Just kind of builds on his heel persona, and I like it. Uh, my last note I have is beat big meaty boys doing big meaty moves, uh, and I'm gonna go four beers. Yeah, I like that. I thought it was fucking great. Jesse, go ahead and poo poo on this. Get out your shake and bake and just bake her all over this thing. I mean, <laughs> it, I, like, look, it's not that I don't appreciate what they did, it's that I don't appreciate how it was poised to happen. Let's be honest. Can anybody argue with the idea that WWE is struggling to really satisfy both of their networks at this moment? No, absolutely they are. Their ratings are absolute trash. It totally sucks. The only thing that they can do is try and figure out how. I think that this match being wasted with a no-stakes scenario on their paid subscription network, I'll take it this far. It was meaningless. It didn't do anything for me because there's no ramification at all. Like, there's no, I beat you and I'll challenge you eventually, or I beat you and I'll challenge you eventually. Somebody sometime two years from now will be like, I beat you when you were still on Raw. Who gives a shit? <laughs> like, that's not, you know, I, I, like, it could be as brutal as you want it to be. It could be, like, it could do anything. Like, that, that match doesn't matter to me. The psychology matters to me. The story matters to me. There's none of that. There's literally zero both of them are Vince's chosen boys, so who cares who wins or loses? I, To me, it's a zero beer. I don't give a fuck about this in any way whatsoever. I wouldn't have given a fuck if it was Randy and Roman either. They pulled some shit. It was what it was. It doesn't do anything to further the brand in any way, either brand. And I think they really need to do work on building stars that are going to be able to build something where if if one person ran in, I don't think it's the, I don't think it's the stars at this point though. I think it's the booking. I think this whole show was booked that way though. I'm like, saying if one person if one person interfered and caused an issue that would that would lead to a rumble, who would that be? Well, in my opinion, it would have been keep the title on Randy, um, and then you have Randy versus Roman, and then you bring Edge back. Happened. I'm saying in this instance with Drew versus Roman, if you had one person run in. And say we're gonna cause an issue that's gonna make you care. Let's 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 pretend they want people to have emotion about this. What would give you emotion about it? I don't think there's really anything they could do though. That's what I'm saying. I think this is a placeholder show. I agree that the show is booked poorly. I agree I that I agree that the, fucking, I think the match was zero because of that. Because this is the headliner. Yeah, but the match, but okay, I, I agree that like the great, though, yeah like, exactly they, like they like I agree that the work rate can't be all of it, but the work rate is at least some of it. I mean, and it was a damn good bell to bell match, a damn good match. I'm not like, saying they didn't do their work. I'm saying for me, if you're talking about looking at like four 
whatever's going on. I don't know. I, I mean, honestly, I thought I, I, I'm with Wes on the fact that I like, I like the Uso thing being furthered. Like, I know you touched on it earlier where it's like it's not happening with Uso. I'm like, I mean, you're right. They're not getting him to the main event level that they wanted to get him at. But, like, they're, he's at least getting a bigger push than he would have ever gotten being just a part of the tag team. And when his brother in, is, does eventually turn, I know we all see it coming. We all know it's like that's what WWE's probably going to do. And they're just going to put the Usos with Roman as, like, the family tribe or whatever. I think the Usos will have... Hardys. Yeah, but he's they'll have but they'll have more weight the though. Heel turn. He's like yeah, yeah, they'll have but the Usos will have more weight though. They will. They'll have more I it, it, I think they're I think they're going to be fucking squandered. How many people have we seen them do that with? No, I agree. I agree. Lonnie, Ronnie, Ronnie, Donnie, Johnny, yeah. all Yeah. All of them done done it. Yeah, keep in mind as much as we want to think about Roman and the Rock and all this other shit, let's think about first off Naya not in a great position. Second off, let's think about, I don't know, Umaga. One year, great Umaga. spot. The rest of his life, not a great spot. Rikishi, couple years, great spot. Rest yeah, but Roman life, Reigns has already surpassed spot. both of those guys by a mile. Let's think by about Let's think about the fact that they used him past the point that healthily he should have been used, and they literally fucking helped killed him. Yeah. Let's talk about... Uh, I don't know any of three minute warning. Let's talk about the rest of that shit. Like there, there are a lot of situations where they don't use that shit. Well, no, uh, that's true. But Roman Reigns, like then let's talk about the rock, arguably one of the biggest stars of all time. It's the same. I I mentioned the rock. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disqualifying the rock or Roman. I'm saying when you talk about the entirety of the family, just because it's in the family, doesn't mean it's going to be used well. No, but when you're using it in correlation to Roman Reigns, it's going to be at least used. I, I think that this is a different scenario. I really do think this is a different scenario. I, I do I do think that they're going at least like at least the Usos in their legacy. This is not a this is not a bad time for the Usos. Is what I'm saying. Like th- this is I mean where it's been a pretty it, it should have time. been a bad time for their dad or their uncle either. But both of their dad and their uncle ain't being used in fucking main event nothing either. We just talked about their uncle fucking being used in a real bad spot. That's so. true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but I I, I still. I don't know. I, I, I didn't hate it. I just, I, I didn't hate it. I, I thought it, I mean, again, I think that like, I agree there's no stakes because there's no real, real brand like rivalry there. There's no like weight behind the wins and losses. I, I, I agree with you there, but as far as like, there was no st- furthering of storylines on either side. Like, I mean, I don't think that's the case. I mean, for Drew, yeah, you're right. Like, not not much there. But I think there's still more meat on the bone for Roman Reigns with Uso and like, that's you know. That's great. But when you walk out of a pay per view that has both of your world champions, because you need, it to should have, have never been booked that way. It should have never been booked that I way. I hate the 100%. champion versus champion shit. Yes. Even though Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar was pretty fucking good. That yeah, was it different. Was good. It was good, but no, it's not any different because like it was a good wrestling match. But like, where did that end? It is. Well, here's the was, thing. Was that a massive rivalry that we all remember as being a good storyline? Fuck not no. Those it was two, just a good bell to bell wrestling match, which not, is what this was. Not, not between those two, but it was different because other challengers got to challenge based on that. In this instance, this is not the case. No, I agree, but it's all, again, we're still talking about just booking, though. We're talking about just the booking. We're not talking about work rate, and like to me, it should be fifty fifty. So at least like. <laughs> 
at, le- at least if it's like if it's no beers like that that's like to me it's like then it's then we're only then I almost I feel like you should be like well goddamn he's supposed to be a heel like I feel like you're, I feel like that's so cornetish to just be like it's only about the storyline it doesn't matter at all about the bell to bell it's like that's not the case at all like I mean it, you have to give some weight behind the actual wrestling right you're more than welcome to feel that way um, I my thing is. I think there is a mixture. I think that they both fall in line. I think that you get emotion by how you work. So you don't think that the actual in-ring bell-to-bell match evoked any, like, suspension of disbelief or, like, emotion for, like, people who are into those characters? I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure you heard what I said. I think that I think that you spill emotion in by how you work. No, I agree. That's, That's what I said. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. We're we're think... not on different pages there. I just I, like I think when it comes down to it, there there are different things where it really comes down to you have to be able to not only be one or the other. If you're if all you are is a mouthpiece, it's one thing. If all you are is a spot monkey, it's one thing. If you can marriage those things and figure out how to fucking tie it in to make people care about it, those are things as well. Well, I think you're a soggy son of a bitch, as uh, Stone Cold might say. And let's hop back over to the main oh. event here on the year 2000. It's Triple H versus Stone Cold. Uh, and this one is a lot of punches did and kicks. Did we skip a match? Oh, you shit, we did. My bad. Okay, let's like, go back in here. I'm sorry. Oh, wait. Actually, before we even get to the match. Well, the I'm except- a soggy son of a bitch, but you're in here fucking skipping matches and shit. God, you got me all. You got, you, I'm about half hot now. That's what's happening here. I'm you got me all worked up. Sure. I'm about three quarters hot. (laughs) Okay, so there was an XFL cheerleader promo. This we have to talk about it because it popped me so hard, dude. The promo is what WWE is still saying. Like that XFL promo is the NXT program, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. It is. It was the failed ECW program too. It is. Look at them. Here's what the deal is. They look hot and. Don't worry, we'll teach them to cheer. Yeah. Here's the deal. That is what NXT is now. It was, and I'm not saying it was the entire time. Obviously, they have signed a lot of very fucking awesome indie talents. They've signed recently Alex Zane and Blake Christian and people like that. They right. signed, well, I don't know if Blake Christian's announced, but they signed a whole lot of other people. But it's one of those things where they have signed a lot of fucking people that are amazing from the indies that they're going to bring into the performance center or whatever. But to me, it's the same thing. It's like, we're just looking at what you do and what you've done before. And we don't care if you can wrestle, we'll teach you. And if you don't learn our way, then you're fucked. Yeah, that's pretty much the the way they never signed. WWE missed out on Ricky Starks. He had a tryout. I mean, okay. 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 We say missed out, but like, I mean, no, they literally, uh, they, he literally said after he appeared on dynamite against Cody, then they called him back l- later that day. Like, Hey, we're, we're really interested in you. And he was like, I see you're going to call me after I was on, after I appear on a, so do you remember that, that same week that I went to the dojo pro tryouts? Yeah. Yeah. I, he had that, he had his tryout a couple of months before that. Oh damn. That's a while ago. Yeah. He, his tryout didn't happen the same. He had a tryout. And then he did some other shit, and then they no, called yeah, him. Yeah, but what I'm saying, well, okay, 
what I'm saying is like he had a had decent little run on NWA Power on YouTube, and that's awesome. And like, no, I know he had, had a tryout in 2017, and then he did a whole bunch of other shit in addition to it, and then he got called after he was on TV. Yeah, basically. That's yeah. that's that's, fu- that's okay. That's fi- what I'm saying is like the idea that he's like the to me what I'm saying is the jury is completely out on on Ricky Starks. Like the, he hasn't had a real program that's lasted where it's like been solid work rate on television at all. So to say like they missed out on him, I don't really feel like it's fair because to me the whole Team Taz thing is fucking not working at all. I really hate that they put Willie Mack in that group because it's I feel like that's a Will kiss Hobbs. of death. Will, like Willie Mack is not. Yeah, who they yeah put Will Hobbs. Yeah, yeah, Will Hobbs. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, my bad. I'm saying is like I feel like Brian Cage is also like not. He's not. I feel like everybody that's in Team Taz right now is they're losing. They're losing weight by being because it's like because to me, how how can you how can you take Taz seriously as a management character when he's also doing commentary and like putting you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no continuity to who Taz is on television right now, and so like that to me hurts everyone in his quote unquote stable. Also the FTW championship. Why is that on TV? Why is that a thing? Like why are we bringing a novelty title from ECW? Like, okay. But like, uh, that's fine. On, on, on television right now, there is continuity. If you're watching dark, there's not. Yeah, Dark Taz literally is just fucking laughing, just making him and yeah. That's what I'm saying. But is is that not a product that they put out and advertise? Because they do. Nobody watches Dark. Okay, but they fucking know. Okay, that's still. Does that not seem okay? Let's let's be honest. Dark is their main. Dark is their main event. Do you? I I understand that. I'm just saying, like, okay, but but Taz is on Dynamite sometimes. Dark a a lot, a lot actually, and it's like what, what what when. When's the last time? Uh, it's been uh, maybe two or three weeks at most. At most, two or three weeks. I don't know. At most. Like, I, I don't know. I just... What I'm saying is nobody else knows. No marks know. Nobody knows. It doesn't matter. That's the point. My my thing is, with him being on Dark, nobody watches Dark anymore. Dark now, for the last six months, has gone to like two plus hours of format. So none of us watch it. No matter how much we care... Nobody watches the entire thing. Well, let's get back to Edge and Christian and right to censor versus the Hardys and the Dudleys. Yeah, there absolutely. Wax, Wax, let me know what you thought about that one, man. I mean, I thought it was a pretty fun match. I noticed that people started chanting they wanted tables literally like not long after the bell rang. They were like, tables, tables. And I did notice one thing that uh, really stood out to me. That that in that match, Edge did the Edge Matic for the first time, and Jr. was like really putting it over, like here's the Edge Matic, like really putting it over on commentary. Yeah, trying to push the move. And I, yeah. I completely forgot about that as another one of his finishing moves, like because you yeah. know, like traditionally you're always gonna think of like mostly the spear, the executioner for me, but like the Edge Matic is like that you know secret tucked off on the cut gym finisher that he does, and I thought it was just a, it was like decent work rate, pretty fun match. I'm gonna go two beers. It wasn't anything to write home about, but I still hadn't had fun watching it. Yeah, I mean it's it's Edge and it's Edge and Christian, and then Buchanan and the Good Father from Right yeah, to Censor versus right. Hardys and the Dudleys. And all I could think of is one of these is not like the other. And I was like, I, I mean, like Buchanan and Good Father just father stuck out like a insane. like a yeah the Good Father. Uh, they just the no Yeah, it stuck out like a sore thumb for sure. Uh, no I mean, real rhyme or reason to the way the match was laid out either. I felt like everything just kind of happened oddly. Like there was no, 
it, it just was poorly put together. Um, I mean, it was passable. The, the work rate was passable, but it wasn't good. Uh, and the post-match was more of like a feel-good than anything else, kind of just getting like... I, I mean, knowing where they... You know, when you put this on between Kurt Angle and The Undertaker versus Triple H and Stone Cold, like that's... I mean, to to, to kind of do a, a quick kind of like feel-good match where you get like the, the baby faces get a bunch of shine right before you get your main event makes sense to me. Uh, but you know, it, it was, I'm, I'm about a beer and a half, maybe two beers on this one. Um, Jesse, what did you think about this one? It's popcorn. You know, I mean, it's, you know, it's a, it's a couple beers. They, they all did what they were supposed to like, really, it just kind of comes down to, I, I was very surprised to see the RTC walk down with the goddamn tag team championships. That was one yeah. of those where I'm like, who the fuck decided that, that was a good idea? Obviously yeah. those were fucking not valued at all but um i don't know i mean following that it was you know i don't know I, we all knew it was gonna be it was basically like a break which is yeah. weird because if you look at that year you know hardy's dudley's edge and christian oh yeah break. they were I mean, kind of drawing the money almost so, yeah i mean it was yeah it was there's definitely a massive difference there just adding two bodies and that were definitely not on the same level as uh, the other six people yeah, in the match. Sure. Uh, how many beers are you on that one, though, Jess? Me? Uh, yeah. Well, I didn't write it down. One? I don't know. One? <laughs> no, none. Zero. Zero? Yeah, yeah. All right, well. I actually, I want to keep it going here. Let's just talk about the main event since we're, we're still on 2000. Okay. Uh, Triple H versus Stone Cold. We'll just kind of like keep rolling with the nostalgia. Um Again, yeah, just lots of punches and kicks in this match for, for the most part. Uh, I mean, it, it was awesome to see some of the brawl spots. Uh, healthy dose of nostalgia for sure. Uh, that Definitely that over-the-top WWE style, uh, especially when that with the dramatic finish. But like the fact that there wasn't even really a finish kind of sucked. Exactly. Um, uh, I mean, the ending could would have been fine, but you still should have had at least a 1-2-3 or even a count-out or something. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The fact that the match really just didn't even end. Like, there was never a bell that ended the match is kind of crazy. Um, I didn't hate it, uh, but it definitely wasn't a great wrestling match. I gave it about three beers total. You know, about halfway. I'm in the middle on that one. Uh, Jesse, give me, give me what you thought about Triple H versus Stone Cold here. You're, you're, you're going to hate me. Uh, I'm a zero. And... Zero? Oh, come on now. Don't do that to Stone Cold. Well, you got to look at... I'm I'm looking at it from the year. I'm looking at it from how they've done stuff. It's a it's a O. A big and, zero. Yeah, it is. And here's why: we had to lose Stone Cold for a long time. WrestleMania had to exist without Stone Cold and had to exist without Undertaker. That's a big old deal. You look at the fucking four way of WrestleMania 2000. That shit sucked. Yeah. <laughs> they did the best with what they could, in my opinion, but they didn't know they had to do that. You look at this whole situation, one of your big four, still to this day, still to this day, one of your big yeah. it's going to be your main event that is not for a belt, and it's for a grudge match about a large dude who already fucking fought earlier in the card <laughs> against the guy that he did it for earlier in the card that's in his same family and really to be honest you're just the guy that told him to do it eventually a long time ago or whatever the fuck and none of us have talked in a long time 
For the rock. It is for really not. I mean, what the fuck is there for this? Also, no, I agree. Yeah, it's all in the crowd. It's all around the arena. It there. It, it's not an interesting match. That is Stone Cold, by the way. I hate to break it to you, but when you go back and watch any Stone Cold match, like it, no, none, it's none of that. Dude. Pre neck break, that is not true. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Okay. Post neck break, that's not true. Dude, no, 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 no. Stone Cold as a WWF champion and on, like uh, there are there are literally sprinkled hand handfuls of great matches, handfuls, handfuls. But I, I majority the of them, majority the of them are like uh, outside brawling around the ring, lots of punches, lots of kicks, like. That's pretty much the whole thing. Like you can tell a good story if you do it the right way with those. That's true. I, I'm not, listen. I'm not saying the matches were bad. I'm just that's saying bad, that like, like the days I, of doing like chain wrestling and being Daniel, stunning Steve was saying, way over. There's a lot of them that are not that way, and this one shouldn't have been that way. This one is a bad fucking example. One of those that, that was that way. Like all they did was a brawl again, no stipulations, and. They just fucking roll around. Nobody gave a fuck. And it was like, okay, we can just let these guys do whatever the fuck they want to do. That's cool. And then eventually somebody's going to figure out who owns some shit or whatever. And it was a no contest for no reason because nobody fucking knew why. And it was like, there's no stakes. There's no nothing. There's no nothing. Yeah. All you had to do, you could do one thing to make this thing work. The returning guy, the guy that's been there, you're you're gonna get a shot. Yeah. That's all you had to do. Yeah, I you agree. I agree. There's nothing. Lex, where you got with this one? Just I, uh, I orchestrated Rikishi running you over with a car, and now you're beating. <laughs> I enjoyed this match. I mean, strictly on like two, like three things. Like number one, nostalgia, Stone Cold. Like, like I'm always gonna Stone enjoy just Cold. seeing Stone Cold on my screen and him. In the ring and wrestling. Even though they didn't do much wrestling in the ring, it was pretty much all brawling. And I kept noticing, I don't know if you guys did, every time they would get ready to go backstage, people kept pouring beers on them. Oh, God. Did you notice that, Jesse? Every time they would start to go backstage in like that little curtain area, people who were above them were pouring beer. <laughs> I noticed it like two or three times. Like, oh, it could have been soda or something. Just they were pouring, they were trying to pour drinks on them. I don't know if it like hit them, but I could see liquid coming down. Oh, no, totally. No, and then, like, and I thought it was really funny backstage. Triple H said, sorry for the car stuff. (laughs) I was just like, what? And then, like, and I just, like, like I brought that up that I'd be fucking made fun of, but, no, it was there. And I'm going to give it three beers just because he got, just Austin got to do his classic Austin stuff, but the finisher, like, the finisher was just dumb as fuck. Like, he locked him in the car, and then, like, I'm expecting something else to happen, like, them to cut back to the ring, and JR's like, the rattlesnake's got his revenge, and then it just fades to black and goes off the air, and I'm just like, uh, let's, let's, uh let's bring let's something else to light real fast. I was like, let's uh, just, okay, just all right, I guess, I guess it's done. Let's talk. How many events that your top four events in 2000 or in 2020, how many main events do you have that do not actually actively contain your title? And how much harm does that do? I think, again, and I know that the last time we talked about some comparison shows, I talked about switching some matches around, but I didn't talk about switching the fucking main event around. I'm talking right now. You're saying main event doesn't have anything to do with the belt. 
Doesn't have anything to do with the title. Doesn't have anything to do with the fucking championship. Nope. I think it probably should. And I think that from this, it might have benefited from... So you're you're saying... You're saying like having Kurt and Taker be switched with this one. Be the last match on the card. Or have the stakes change. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, I can get behind that. I can get behind that for sure. I mean, I, I would say, I would argue that like there are too many, you know, specials or pay-per-views or whatever you want to call them in 2020. And like, so it's arguably like almost impossible to like, I know that's what we're doing is comparing a 20 year show, but it's like really hard to compare at least the booking because of like you know, the special shows or the pay-per-views not being like nearly the same amount, you know, in 2000 compared to 2020. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I agree with everything you're saying as far as the booking of it. I think I'm just trying to come at it from like action in ring more from my yeah, overall I, rating. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, I think Undertaker Kurt Angle might've made more sense as an event than. Oh, I, I agree. Both. It could have for think. sure. Yeah. They both ended in a dusty finish. Yeah, yeah they did, definitely. Like, they both were fucked finishes. So, yeah. like, which one had to fucking close it? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, totally. And, like, it doesn't make any more sense to me for one or the other. Um, if we're talking today, especially thinking about how this whole fucking show worked out, I think that in uh, <laughs> 2020, 2000 should have worked out with, Maybe Taker going ahead and getting over on Angle, even in his snakeskin pants. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think you might. I think you might be right. Yep. I, I was. Th- right I was there. thinking he probably should have actually. But speaking of Taker going over, man, let's cover the last thing on both of these shows. We finally get the Undertaker's farewell segment here for 2020. Um, man, I gotta say that when they first introduced like all the people, like you know the BSK groups, essentially mm-hmm. like hard pop for Savio Vega. Hard yeah. pop for the Godwins. Like, yes. it was cool to see him, but at the same time, it almost felt like another gimmick battle royal was about to happen. Like, I just felt like it was just random to see. And especially, like, I don't know, like, to see some of these guys look the way they look now, like, made me feel old. Like, I don't know about you guys, but it was like, I am getting really old. Like, just like looking at these guys. Like, I was like, good Lord. Overall, man, I think that it was really well done. I, 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 I really, really, really feel saddened by the fact that this uh, this had to happen without a without a true like crowd, like a packed arena, because I feel yeah. like Taker of all people has definitely earned that. So that really bummed me out. But I will say uh, it was really well done. The hologram, uh, you know, Paul Bearer, the augmented reality thing they did. It was super cool. The yeah. promo was great. It was very emotionally driven. Uh, Vince was very sincere. I felt like I mean, we heard Vince McMahon say WWF on, on TV, and that's kind of cool. Uh, um, I don't know. As a mark, I, I loved this. Uh, Jesse, what do you think about this? I think Vince went way out of his way to make sure that he wasn't being, like, very self-serving by doing the entire thing, which is cool. I don't I don't have the impression that Vince is that way in the first place. So... It feels very genuine to me. Yeah. I mean, it was it was it was good. Um, I, this is going to be a hard take, bad take, possibly. I think that if they're doing this now, that a lot of people that are very tied in are under the impression that we may not have the opportunity to do something that was much more applicable to Undertaker going away in a better way or them signing him off in a better way. 
I think there's some shit we don't know. It doesn't. What do you, seem, wait, what do you mean by that? Because I don't. They're not taking the opportunity to fucking. Here's a deal. Mark Calloway can make his opportunity. He can make any appearance anywhere. Yeah. He could do it ten years from now without having to work. He can make a sign off at any time. Well, Why? I think he, I think he still will as as Mark Calloway. I just don't what, think we're going to see him do like the whole Undertaker thing again. I think they'll still bring him out, maybe even like an American badass music, and like maybe they'll still like he'll still be at Fan Fest or whatever. But I think like I think the gimmick, like to me, it's not like I don't think we're never going to see Mark Calloway. I don't even think it's like we're never going to see hear the words Undertaker again. I just don't think we're ever going to see the Undertaker that like you know bows to the urn and like with the hat and like the like I don't I mean I'm sure we'll see Undertaker on TV and on network specials and on like other things again for oh, sure you'll, you'll you'll see Mark Calloway do interviews and you'll see him take television and movie roles but yeah. when they brought out all them BSK guys and shit our whole thought process about how the WWE contingent the network and everything is going to change Within the next six months, far beyond what we think. What you, I bet money in, on in what in what way? I'm not going to predict how. I'm going to tell you it will. Do you think that like Taker is going to be out of the company? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm not saying he's going to be out of the company at all. I'm saying they're uh, like I think they're going to become a product of a larger company. Something. Like oh. Do you think WWE is going to sell? Disney, NBC, something like that. It, like I, or CBS or whatever. I don't know. As I like, I feel like I feel like it's getting to the point where they've lost their last thing. They're and they're creating divisions to where it won't necessarily completely change everything. But you can see little glitches in how they're doing their operation now. Like it's there's some shit there. I don't think that's gonna happen at all. I can respect that, but I I don't think that's gonna happen. Wes, what did you think about this Undertaker's final farewell? Yeah, it's definitely a little bit disappointing that we couldn't get in front of a crowd or whatever, but I just thought it was kind of weird that the whole fact that the whole he, after they brought the whole BSK crew out, they didn't leave him in the ring, and Vince kind of like just appeared solo. But besides that, you know, it's just like it's a bittersweet thing. It's like I'm finally glad that they're going to let him fucking retire because like, I went to his last, his like first retirement five years ago in Atlanta at Survivor Series, where it was him and Kane versus the Wyatt family. Yeah, and it was supposed to be like his first, like last, like the 15 year anniversary, and then like he would only like appear once a year after that. And like after those past few matches, like his match with Goldberg, like I was just like I was ready to see him retire already. Oh, so for sure. It's, it's kind of like a, a bittersweet, like kind of lame that we didn't get to get to have fans there. But you know, I'm finally glad he can. Finally, just fucking rest and rest in peace, no pun intended, you know, without fucking dealing with Vince McMahon, making him go to Saudi Arabia and letting Goldberg drop him on his head for $5 million, you know? Can I say something real fast? Oh, I for sure. That, Absolutely. I think, to be honest, that the entirety behind the retirement is that he can take the opportunities that he that Mark has never taken, that Vince can say, hey, here's the here's everything they wanted to give you. Here's all the shows, here's the movies, here's everything else that we couldn't do because you were the Undertaker, pal. And no, I agree. And then like he can go and do those things now that he's being open or whatever. I think it's uh, I mean it's Vince's version of letting him actually take those opportunities because 
Starcast, shit like that. Because he was because yeah, for sure, hundred percent. Fucking take because he took him away from Starcast because he took yeah. him away from all those other things, okay. and like now he's got people like I'm sorry, is Zelina Vega losing that? That's insane. It was yeah. it was a message sender to everybody else to say here's how serious we are about this. But I think they this is the one time in history that we could see that company actually die. I mean, I think that's a stretch to say. I mean, I mean, I, I just I don't know about that. I, that that seems that seems a little too far, because when you look at like ratings and, and that's one thing, but when you look at like the monetary gain and the, their stock options, like they're not in the gutter. Like they're not they're not great, but they're not like they're not even really hurting when it comes to like a a monetary level. Like realistically, they're not like as as a publicly traded company. So to say like they're just gonna be like I'm not saying they'll never be bought by like NBC. Or by like uh, by CBS, no, like they want to be. Oh, I don't think they want to be at all. I th- I, I, I could I, I could see them going with a partner. I could see them going with a partner like Viacom to where like Hulu and and the network become one thing, or they go with a partner like oh, so Netflix. So like all their best of is on Peacock. No, 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 no. Like literally, the WWE is Network right is a channel of Netflix or a channel of Amazon Prime. Like honestly, I think if they go anywhere. Prime and Amazon is where they would go just because of Jeff Bezos and Vince McMahon and that whole like they have a good relationship there. Like it makes perfect sense too. Like Amazon and Bezos is the motherfucker. Bezos, Bezos, whatever the fuck. You and your name correcting here. This is the show that you son of a bitch. Uh, You know what? Uh, This is what I'm going to say though. That's that. Hey, this is your role. This is your role. Okay. But I have to fight back. And what I'm going to say is. Which way are you going to lean? If you have to choose one Survivor Series over the other, one poorly booked Survivor Series over the other, if you have to go to 2000 or 2020, which way are you going, Jesse Baker? This is the thing that fucking hurts my heart the most because when you asked me this, I you know, I knew nothing about 2020. Looking at the talent on 2000, I immediately I, like, I assumed I'd be right there. 2000 all the way, yeah. I'm going to sink both ships, dude. You're just shitting on both of them? I'm in a sink both ships scenario for me. I'm in a. I, I I think both shows suck balls. I'm going with with 2000 for sure. I didn't think either one of them sucked balls. I didn't think they were great. I thought the booking was poor, but I thought the work rate, as far as actual wrestling matches on both sides, was relatively solid. So, but I would pick, I would pick 2000 honestly if I'm gonna go like if I'm gonna have to watch. Also, I'm aware that like. I am, you know, a mid-30s man that grew up in the Attitude Era, so a lot of the nostalgia did work in my favor, but it was great to see. I'm glad I watched it again. I don't regret it. Wex, what do you think, 20, 2020 or 2000? Like, uh, kind of, like Jesse said, I went into this thinking I'm like, it's going to be like overwhelmingly Survivor Series 2000 no matter what, but it barely beat out 2020 for me. I'm going to go with 2000, but... Just because of how crazy and weird, I it was forgot. close. It was close. Like, for sure. It just kind of, just kind of threw me off. I just wasn't what I expected. I saw Stone Cold Triple H, no DQ main event. I'm thinking banger, no matter what, off the get go. But for sure. it just yeah. wasn't what it seemed to be. But I'm gonna definitely go with Survivor Series 2000 winning out over 2020. Well, boys and girls, that is gonna do it for us here. I think the two out of three say Survivor Series 2000. But God, you know what? It, it was sense. split decision. It was split. That's why we have an odd number here. We just we you know like oh Jesse's patty Democracy now. Democracy at its finest. He's, right? he's, he's all over there like God damn no mustard no, extra pickles. <laughs> God damn. 
I can do a better Jim Cornette impression than any of y'all. Also, better than <laughs> That's going to do it for us this week. My name is Mr. Nerdwood Daniels on Schaefer. Jesse, where can they find you? Tell them. Facebook probably, maybe, I don't know. We're both at Revive, and we're not doing shows until 2021 because we don't want to kill you. We love you. Yay. Wear your mask. Where are they at? All right. You can find me at Breaking the Lawson on Instagram, Breaking the Lawson on YouTube. You can catch out some AEW Dynamite reviews weekly and some other cool shit. And check me out on Twitter at Lawson Wex. And that's about all I got for you right now. That's right. Next week is going to be a brand new topic on the show. It's an all nostalgia show. We're doing TNA for the first time ever. A TNA turning point from 2005 versus NXT TakeOver Brooklyn from 2015. It's an all-nostalgia show. We're we're talking about brand-new upstart promotions that are trying to make it work. NXT hiding under the mask of WWE, especially in 2015, and putting on great shows. 2005, TNA is way underrated. I'm super excited about next week, once again, with the boys here. It's been a long one, but we've covered a lot of shit. Hopefully, you guys have hung in there with us. Hopefully, you guys have been... Have enjoyed the same amount of beers and vodka that we have been enjoying here tonight. Uh, but we will see you guys soon. We're out. Please be sure to subscribe. Hit that five star review. Leave us a nostalgia show that you want us to cover, and we will shout you out on the show. We will see you next week. Peace.